Yes, sir, I've heard the name. Uh, Luke, would you play that tape with the captain, please? Yes, sir, I'm sorry. Listen to this carefully, Captain. Dock over 9, 0, 4, 30 hours, Hector Peter Victor King. This is monitored out of Cambodia. It's been verified as T's voice. And I've enjoyed my time on Geek Fights. Uh, got to involve myself in a lot of very interesting discussions and meet some really cool people and uh, contribute to what I thought was, uh, um, you know, an overall very um, lively and worthwhile discussion for the most part. He was brilliant. He was outstanding in every way. And he was a good man, too. Man of wit and humor. Now he's crossed into Cambodia with this mountaineered army of his that worship the man like a god. Because there's a conflict in every human heart between the rational and the irrational, between good and evil. And good does not always triumph. Sometimes the dark side overcomes what Lincoln called the better angels of our nature. Every man has got a breaking point. You and I have. And very obviously, he has gone insane. Terminate with extreme prejudice. You understand, Captain? This mission does not exist. They were gonna make me a major for this. And I wasn't even in their fucking army anymore. You know me to be rather loud and opinionated and tend to swear every now and then. And a few times I've said some things that are not necessarily the most outrageous in the world, but perhaps were a bit profane and unnecessary. And uh, my, you know, temperature tends to run a little hot sometimes. And uh, yeah, you either love me or hate me, I guess. Uh, understandable. Everybody wanted me to do it. Him most of all. I just basically spent the last two hours fighting for myself and my dick against a whole bunch of other people named Michael and one, not against the real Michael, but against my own dick. I felt like he was up there waiting for me to take the pain away. So, as much as I've enjoyed it and as much as I hope that you enjoyed tonight's episode although if you did i really question everything about your sanity i am going to uh take a breather from geek fights and try to find out how the hell it is that i ended up at this point in my life and uh how anything like tonight could have possibly happened he just wanted to go out like a soldier standing up not like some poor, wasted, rag-assed renegade. Um, I think my credibility has gone out the window. Even the jungle wanted him dead. And that's who he really took his orders from anyway. And their airplane because 
It's obscene. Welcome to Geek Fights, the Ponzi scheme of podcasting. I'm Damon Allenshaw. This week's battle is the end. With me, as always, is Mr. Mike Ortiz. Mike, who's joining us tonight? Tonight we have with us Pete Lucas. Hey, folks. Yossi Block. Shalom. And Jared Formby. Let me unmute my microphone. Here we go. So uh, we have here 32 ends. What kind of ends? All kinds of ends. Anything related to an end. Uh, I'm a little surprised we didn't have like Jennifer Lopez's ass on here or something like that or one of those Cardassian chicks. Um, but all of them were chosen by a panelist. We set them up in tournament brackets, which you can download from our website at geekfights.net. We put one against the other and put it to a vote. The winner moves on to the next round where it all starts over again. Until something is crowned the best end. Uh, you get to decide the criteria used to determine the winner of each match. This is another really strange topic, so I have no idea how anyone will choose anything. Just use whatever rationale you want. As long as it supports your choice and makes sense to you, that's what we call geek logic. It's the heart of every geek fight. And with that, let's start the fighting. Here's hoping uh, Pete doesn't just shout at us again. Like, fucking noise. There it is. Right there. Oh, Lord. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like an air compressor i don't know what it is but it's horrible uh yeah i'm, I'm a just uh i'm actually just going to call pete's phone yeah I'm, call I'm calling pete's phone right now we're not erasing any of that so sorry about your ears you know what was great was the timing <laughs> yeah and you're like i hope that that doesn't and then it did it yeah. this is hello. actually going to sound fake hello i know it's going to sound fake yeah, I did it again, and it was horrible. You'll hear it later. Hello. 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 All right. First no fight problem. is yours, Pete. It is the end The from the doors versus uh, justifying the means. The end justifying the means. Pete? Oh, I'm first. I'm sorry. I did not hear that when uh, you guys called me back. Um, yeah. I would have to say the doors. 
You going with I, the Doors? I'm, I'm going with the Doors. I've always liked that song, and uh, I, I think it's a better the end. All right, a vote for the Doors. Uh, yeah, I'm going with the Doors too because I don't care about the ends justifying the means. There's a lot of horrible stuff that happened because the ends justify the means. So I'm going with the end. Uh, Yessie. Yeah, I uh, feel the same way. You know, the means should justify the means. What exactly do you accomplish? Uh, we have a lot of that around here, you know, in terms of security situations. Your question should be, your first question, what works? And stop saying, well, it's to keep you safe. Because once you say that, it's like, sure, I want to be safe. But uh, The End by The Doors is an amazing song. So for the double reason, definitely going The Doors. Uh, another vote for The Doors. Jared. You know, um, voting for or voting against the end justifying the means as a deep space nine fan means basically I'm saying that in the pale moonlight is not like the greatest star Trek episode ever, because obviously that's the theme of that episode. So since that's not my favorite episode, I'm going to go ahead and go with the doors mostly for apocalypse. Now, uh, another vote for the doors. Mike, is it a clean sweep? Yes, it is. Uh, I pretty much agree with what everything everyone has said. Um, the ends justifying the means, while sometimes can seem appropriate, uh, has always been used to justify horrible, horrible things. And uh, and yeah, I mean, not only is it a great song, like uh, Jared mentioned, it was the end of Apocalypse Now. Um, also the beginning, wasn't it? Didn't they do it everywhere? It um, was. It was the beginning, and it was the end, and there were the swooping helicopters. Yeah, and... and, and that itself was a great end uh, and it was also probably the only really enjoyable scene in uh, oliver stone's doors movie at least if you're not high and if you are high it's even more enjoyable because that's when they're tripping in the desert so uh let's uh let's start it off with a clean sweep for apocalypse now and uh the end <laughs> a vote for the end not apocalypse now and the doors the is moving on and we are on to our next fight uh damon this one is yours who the fuck is damon uh, whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow, which is a, a, an excellent Alan Moore Superman story, versus Blake Seven, which was a TV show that I don't believe I've ever seen in a single episode of. Uh, so I'm going with the Alan Moore. Whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow? Uh, Yessie. Definitely going with uh, whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow. I had a subscription to Action Comics, which ended with that issue 583, because you know they were revamping. Superman, and I got it, and I read it, and I'm like, wait, what happened? Is Superman dead? Because it says, you know, well, you won't see us for a while, but it was it was a great story, because it really did pull together all the elements of the Silver Age and, uh, you know, give it a proper send-off. So, uh, definitely whatever happens to the Man of Tomorrow. Uh, vote for whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Jared? Uh, who who put Blake Seven on the on the list? Can I ask? That was me. That that's fantastic. Um, and Damon, yeah, of course you haven't seen it because you can't see that in America. It's never been officially released in America. It's a phenomenal space television show that came out for the BBC like right around the time of Star Wars. And um, what was so cool about the way that it ended, though I have not seen the ending, is that. The producer, uh, creator Terry Nation, who's just a total badass and has informed everything you love, um, 
he uh, was always under the threat of cancellation. So every year he would just write it into the most fucked up place he could get so he could just leave it fucked up because that's how he wanted to end it, as far as I know. And uh, every time that he went to do that, they'd always, you know, give him more time because he'd always leave it in this crazy place. I love that. And even though I haven't seen Blake Seven's ending because I'm an American, I'm going to go ahead and vote that forward because it's got to be amazing. Uh, Vote for Blake Seven, uh, Mr. Ortiz. Uh, I'm also going to vote for whatever happened to the man of tomorrow as has been said before one, I have not seen Blake seven, not terribly familiar with it. Uh, and two, it was a great story and a great ending for the, the classic, um, silver bronze age Superman before they restarted it with man of steel and John Byrne and really brought it into the the modern post crisis. Although I guess that's not modern anymore. Um, but, uh, and also, you know, it was that final Superman story that tied in all the elements, all the characters, all of the, the mythos into one storyline, much like Grant Morrison would do uh, more recently. But what he did in 12 issues, Alan Moore did in two, uh, and I think did them better. So, uh, whatever happened to the man of tomorrow? Another vote for whatever happened to the man of tomorrow and Pete. Uh, yeah, I like the whole idea of writing every episode, every season into the most messed up place you can find. So I'm going to go with Blake Seven. Uh, vote for Blake Seven, but whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow and Superman story is moving on, and we are on. That, to- that's okay, because Terry Nation schooled that bitch, Alan Moore. <laughs> we are on to our next fight. Uh, yeah, see, this one is yours. It is The End by The Beatles versus Return of the Jedi. Yeah, well, maybe it's an obvious one, but uh, I think that Return of the Jedi is a great conclusion to the trilogy. Do we have to say the original one? Uh, We wish it had been the only one. But the thing is that George Lucas got that. He realized you can't put something after Return of the Jedi uh, historically. You know, he left that for all those fanfic books. Uh, He said, that's the best end. All I can do is sort of tell you what happened before the beginning of this story. It just ties up everything. And I was five when it came out, so I even like the Ewoks. So it's uh, Return of the Jedi. And frankly, the end for the Beatles, it's like definitely not top 10, maybe not even top 20, you know, in their catalog. So it's, it's an easy one for me. Uh, vote for Return of the Jedi, Jared. Okay. Um, okay. The the Beatles, the end may not be top ten or top twenty, but you know what? That actually is in its favor for me. Um, if I'm not mistaken, gosh, I, you know, uh, Beatles fans can be like Firefly fans when like they you know they come to you drooling about all these things they know um, about the making of. But I believe the story was that. John Lennon couldn't finish that song and took Paul McCartney to actually put an ending to the end by the Beatles. I'm going to go ahead and uh, vote that forward because what was the actual ending of Return of the Jedi? I can't even tell you because there's too many versions. Two. Uh, Vote for the end by the Beatles. Uh, Mr. Ortiz. Um, This is is actually a very tough one. I'm even kind of thinking it out uh, right now. Um, 
Return of the Jedi was a for a long time was a great end. Um and it it is the end to the Star Wars trilogy, but Star Wars is something much bigger than that now. And the story has continued for thousands of years in, in both directions in this this franchise, if you look at the the extended universe, if you look, you know, beyond the movies, which really a lot of uh Star Wars is that now. I mean, that's how it's continuing. We're not getting any more movies, but we're going to get books and shows and things like that. Um, and the end is not one of my favorite Beatles songs. It's not uh, a major song. It's actually a very quick song. Um, and uh, But I, I have been trying to champion a victory for the Beatles on this show for a while, and even though I highly doubt this will go all the way, I would like to see it move on. Uh, if for nothing else, then the line, uh, and in the end, the love you, was it the love you take is equal to the love you make? Um, it's a great line. It's a, a very strong line. And I believe that that is the line that was written by Paul McCartney. At least part of it was written by McCartney, um, which is odd because usually John Lennon has the, uh, the more poignant lyrics, I think. But, uh, you know, it is a very good song. And uh, Return of the Jedi... It, it was an end for a long time, but in many ways now, it's also just kind of a piece of a larger puzzle. A vote for the end by the Beatles. Pete. <clears throat> if I recall correctly, and I could be mistaken, but I think the end wasn't on the credits for the album, so millions of people didn't even know it was actually on the album, or am I thinking of a different album? I'm not sure. However, the Beatles uh, song, The End... Uh, has no Ewoks, so I got to give it to that. A vote for the end. It's funny because the song is 30 seconds, and actually, here it is, Mike. So that's that's pretty much the entire song there. Uh, but what Yossi said was right. Um, Return of the Jedi is such a good ending to that Star Wars story and, and the Star Wars story that we all know of that it, it, it basically gives us the horrible trilogies <laughs> because of Return of the Jedi being such a, a solid ending. And it actually doesn't matter which one you go by. Because there are a lot of things that come to an end of that movie, and I and I love the shit out of it. Uh, the the Beatles in the end is a fun song for the thirty seconds that it is actually existing, and it's actually just a part of another song, but it's actually a separate song. It's weird, um, but I'm going to vote for Return of the Jedi. But the Beatles, the end is moving on, and we are on to our next fight. Uh, Jared, this one is yours. It is the end of MASH, the TV show MASH, versus the end of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I have not seen the end of MASH, but I do know this. I've seen how MASH starts. I've seen a lot of the beginnings of MASH, the TV show. And I have determined that at some point in my life, if I could end up on a deserted island and I could take one TV show... I would take MASH, and I'm confident that that ending has got to be fantastic. It was only recently surpassed by a Super Bowl in how many viewers? So I'm going to go ahead and go with MASH. 
Uh, vote for the end of MASH, Mr. Ortiz. Um, now, I, I guess I'm a little unclear on this uh, end of Hitchhiker's Guide. Are we talking about the end of Hitchhiker's Guide, the book? The end of Hitchhiker's Guide, the movie, the you know the original radio show, or the whole you know thing in general. Um, and since I don't know, uh, it, it's kind of tough. And honestly, I don't remember the end of the Hitchhiker's Guide book. I think didn't they just say, "Hey, we're off to the restaurant at the end of the universe"? But that the is the end of that book. Yeah. But then, like yeah, the radio show, so. is where they end with uh, they're back in time on Earth, right? Um, and I don't know where the thing finally ends because I, I didn't read all the books. So I'm a little unclear as to exactly what the end of this would be. Um, and uh, I really did like the uh, the end of MASH. I did remember seeing it. I was one of those people who watched it live. And uh, certainly it was, uh, you know, everyone knew that it was coming. Uh, everybody knew that, the, that that was the finale. And uh, that was not something that was really common for people to sort of, oh my God, we have to see the final episode of something. You know, usually things just died off. Um, so yeah, because it was such a huge phenomenon, I will, uh, I will vote for the end of MASH. Uh, vote for the end of MASH. Pete? Um, yeah, I got to vote for end of Hitchhikers just because I was so disappointed in the end of MASH when I, when I saw it. Uh, vote for Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um... Yeah, the, those numbers for MASH were amazing and spectacular, and there were five channels. Uh, th that's why the numbers were so spectacular, and that's also why it took 20 years for anything else to actually, or 30 years for anything to surpass it. And uh, it, it actually heralds in a, a, new, a change in TV where you do get all together to watch that final episode of a show. Um, People did it for Seinfeld, Cheers. It, it, TV went from being just on to being a part of the family because the generation before Mash, it was just on. It's a, it's a, it's an entertainment box, but I, you know, I prefer radio and crap like that. Where you know there are people who grew up with it and it, it was the thing that taught them how to read and talk. And then you move on, you keep going up. So when you when you lose characters and things like that, there there's a little bit of a memorial, a final episode. And uh, the final episode of MASH does that, and it's amazing, and it was great, but um, I fucking hate MASH. I hate it, I hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. Uh, so I will be voting for the end of Hitchhiker's Guide, any version of it. I, 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 don't, I don't care. I'm voting for the end of the Hitchhiker's Guide. It, it is all tied up. It comes down to you, Yessi. Which one is taking the win? Well, uh, I just wanted to check. But Geek Fight's rules are that you have to take a shot if one of yours goes down, right? Uh, that's only if it's a drinking game. And dear Lord, don't take it and do this as a drinking <laughs> game. You will die. <laughs> well, I already took one for Return of the Jedi. Okay. Uh, now, I put End of Mash here. Uh, but I have to be honest. Uh, I saw End of Hitchhiker's Guide and I said... That's great. There are like seven different options for what it could be. It could be the end of the original book or radio, movie, TV, or the end of the trilogy, or the end of the tetralogy. That's the one that I have on my shelf right behind me, the more than complete uh, Hitchhiker's Guide. And I thought that that was a, a great conclusion that really tied everything together. And, uh, you know, I 
MASH deserves its props. I mean, 100 million viewers, it's, it's insane. But I don't think it really changed anything about the series itself. It just sort of, you know, sent it off respectfully, which was really the point of the final season because they, they knew that they were more or less done. Uh, they, they just, you know, the network wanted a few more episodes. So I think if we're taking uh, the uh, four-volume uh, Hitchhiker's Guide uh, series, that that is actually the best end. You know, uh, Arthur has a happy ending there. We got uh, McKenna, the rain god. It, it all comes together, and uh, I'm going to vote for Hitchhiker's. A vote for Hitchhiker's Guide, and Hitchhiker's Guide is moving on. I think we know who put it on the list. <laughs> I don't know who put it on the list. I think that was me also. Yeah, see? Uh, oh. We are on to our next fight. Uh, Mike, this one is yours. It is the end of the television show Lost versus The Mist. Stephen King story. Uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I have not seen Lost, so I vote for The Mist. A vote for The Mist. Pete. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I gotta go for the mist as well. That story scared the crap out of me when I read it when I was younger. A uh, vote for the mist. Um, the mist has an awesome ending in the movie. Well, the most recent movie. I love the, I love the shit out of it, but it's actually a rather depressing end. Let's rephrase that. It's extremely depressing. Um, the end of Lost... <clears throat> Where where people uh, people get upset? Oh, I hate it, lost. Ah, blah blah, and it's because lots of people like to be told exactly what happens, and and lots of shows have figured out if you tell them exactly what happens, you're not going to make anybody happy. So might as well tell the story you want. And the story is there's an, there's another level. We're going to move on to something. We don't know what it is, but it, it's something else. And I liked how that whole finale ended up. With, with wasn't Jack just looking? Yeah, Jack was lying there dying. Oh, spoiler alert! By the way, uh, lying there dying, and he watches the plane go overhead. I I I, I love the end of that show. So I'm gonna go with uh, Lost. Uh, Yussie. I I feel that it's more important to have an end that's earned than an end that's you know, good or. Uh, you know, makes a good finale uh, necessarily. And I think in the case of The Mist, obviously it's a much shorter, uh, you know, 100 minutes or whatever. It might even be shorter than that. The problem that I had with The End of Lost was that there was no reason to watch from around season, uh, season one, episode 17, until the finale. Like, everything that happened in the middle... There was just no point to it. It was just something that happened because, hey, we got to keep this thing going. This is a phenomenon. You know, shouldn't be surprising from J.J. Abrams, you know, even though he did leave pretty soon after that uh, premiere. But still, you know, it started out great. It set up a lot of things and it kept saying, pay attention, pay attention. It'll all pay off. And then it didn't. And the mist was concise. And it did. So, The Mist. Uh, vote for The Mist. Uh, Mr. Jared Formby. Uh, oh, man, I disagree. I, th I think that Lost did pay off. Um, I think that Lost 
told us exactly what was going on. I believe that a number of mysteries were were paid off, and I think that they're paid off at such a, I guess, offbeat pace that people don't even realize they were they were getting answers the whole time they were watching, and that whole thing wrapped up with all of them sort of realizing in the end that they'd all had this truly unique experience and it had bonded them together and on into whatever Damon refers to as the next level or whatever, what else is. And I found that extremely satisfying. I don't know so much about, um, you know, when John Locke and Jack like meet up in the fire caves on Bajor and start fighting like that, but everything else I found to be extremely thoughtful, um, emotional. Everybody got a fantastic ending, including John Locke, who had the most dreadful death ever. And I just found it incredibly great. And so I'm going to vote for um, Lost for obvious reasons. A vote for Lost. But the mist is moving on. It's a fucking travesty. And we are on to our next fight. Uh, Pete, this one is yours. It is the fall of the Berlin Wall, also known as the end of communism, even though it didn't really end then, but it, it was the beginning of the end, versus the end of Newhart. Oh, um, you know, I really enjoyed the way the end of Newhart, but uh, going up against the Berlin Wall, I, I got to go with uh, that. I mean, that was like a really epic moment in our lifetime. Uh, so I got to go with the fall of the Berlin Wall. Uh, vote for the fall of the Berlin Wall. Uh, you know, it, 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 I, I, I kind of agree with you. I do, I do like the end of Newhart, and I can't remember. Which one is Newhart? Is that the one where he wakes up and has the Dallas ending or whatever? Yeah, that's when uh, uh, he, he dreamt that he was the uh, innkeeper with the three Daryls or Daryls. Yeah, he wakes, up, he wakes up next to his wife from uh, the Bob Newhart show back when he was the psychiatrist. Okay. Yeah, the whole show was just a dream of the other show. Okay, yeah. See, uh, I, I like that. That, that. that whole concept is pretty awesome, but the fall of the Berlin Wall is... Uh, I remember, I remember why, was I in elementary, I think I was in elementary school when that happened. I remember it being on the TV, like it was something that we were watching and like watching all those German citizens jumping up and down on, on the Berlin wall and throwing pieces off. And, and at that point, America and freedom had won and we felt great. So, um, I'm going to go with the, the fall of the Berlin wall. Uh, Yessie. Yeah, I never really appreciated Newhart. Yeah, I, I felt that uh, that ending sort of, I mean, it was funny. And, you know, we don't realize, like, guys like Bob Newhart and Bill Cosby, we saw them on TV and they're just like, oh, yeah, he's got that sitcom. We didn't know them as stand-ups. But, you know, at the end of the day, it was like, okay, so this unbelievably boring show, and I think I feel about Newhart the way you did about MASH. Like, why are my parents watching this thing? Nothing ever happens on this show. I, I just felt like it was like, okay, at the end, if you did care about these characters and you did watch it to the end, ha, ha, ha. It never happened, even in fictional TV land. More importantly, physical fight, Berlin Wall falls on Newhart and his stupid hotel and kills him. 
Uh, vote for the fall of the Berlin Wall, Jared. Man, I love I love the end of Newhart. I'm so excited it's on this list. I I don't know who put it on here, but man, I want to shake their hand because I, I I watched Newhart. I watched a lot of that stuff. I watched like Valerie's Family and all those weird like sitcoms that were all kind of lumped together on a Thursday night back in the '80s. And I I I dug the innkeeper thing, and I knew about the Bob Newhart show because it was in syndication. And I was a lot key child, so I'd come home from school to an empty house, and like uh, there were all these like one day at a time, and then like the Bob Newhart show or the Mary Tyler Moore show. So I saw some of that stuff, and uh, that last episode dropped for Newhart, and everything was just so weird and amped up. It was like the Japanese took over the inn; they were going to make it into a golf course, and I mean the the, the true ending. Is is when like everything is at its, its height of stress. I remember this. I've never rewatched it, but there's a lot of stress going on. He's outside of the inn, and and one of those golf balls comes flying at him, and it smacks him in the head. And right then he goes down, and you hear this this heartbeat. And I literally thought, holy shit, they're just gonna kill him. That's the end. And you know, then he wakes up and he's on the Bob Newhart show, which I knew already. So I guess this is like one of the first things I truly ever got. It was like this really awesome, nerdy, weird reach around. Like, holy crap, it rewards you if you watch other things. It rewards you if you're familiar with what is going on around you. And I found it a huge payoff. I love it. I love it. And uh, damn it, history. Uh, I guess I'm going to go new heart. I'm sorry, guys, but history looks like it's moving on like it often does. Uh, a vote for Newhart and Mr. Ortiz. Uh, yeah, I will. I will second what what Jared says. I thought it was a great ending. I thought it was. Uh, uh, I I loved both the the Newhart show and the Bob Newhart show. Um, and you know, it's this really strange. You know, we had seen this sort of thing done seriously uh, on Dallas to some extent, and the It's a Dream, which you know we uh, we we put in our best twist episode. But but this was really just kind of ridiculously unexpected. But strangely, it was one of those, why had no one done this before? You know, we take for granted that people are on multiple TV shows playing different characters. But the idea that they're actually kind of the same character, or maybe one is imagining the other character, is this really strange kind of big uh, metatextual concept that you really wouldn't expect to see on, on a sitcom. But if you were, you would see it on something like Newhart, which wasn't, you know, real typical. I mean, it was very, very dry humor. It was really kind of smart humor. And if uh, it, a lot of people certainly don't respond to that. And, uh, and, and I get that. But those of us who did, it was a little gem. And like, uh, like Jared said, you actually get like rewarded because it's a callback to something else. I mean, he knows that, that's something that's a show that's basically being made for its fans. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that Star Trek does. Uh, but you don't see callbacks to previous series in a whole lot of sitcoms, but you do here, and I thought that was fantastic. A vote for the end of Newhart. But the fall of the Berlin Wall is moving on. I almost changed my vote there. I was seconds away. But the fall of the Berlin Wall. Yeah, uh, the fall of Berlin Wall is moving on. We're on to our next fight. It's when Soul, uh, you know, our son, becomes a red giant and eats our planet versus uh, the usual suspects, the end of the usual suspects. Uh, this is a really odd one uh, because Saul becomes a red giant, 
It is the actual end of Earth. Yeah, I know everybody's like, it's the end of the world, it's the end of the world, it's the end of the world. The world's going to be here for a while, folks. It might be the end of humanity, it might be the end of life on this planet, but this thing is going to be here. It's not going anywhere for quite a long time, at least from our perspective. Uh, but when, when our sun becomes a red giant, it's gone. Uh, its mass is gone. Uh, the energy of the planet will still be, well, in the sun because you can't destroy energy. Uh, but the usual suspects ending is pretty sweet too. Um, I don't know how to, how to tie them together, but I think, uh, I think I'm going to go with, uh, the, the slightly more depressing, but, uh, yeah, slightly more depressing because they're, they're both, uh, slightly depressing up endings. Uh, but the slightly more depressing end of everything, which is soul becoming a red giant. Uh, Yussi. Well, I'm going to try to use my best uh, geek logic here. Okay, Saul becomes a red giant, and I love calling it Saul, you know, because it sounds like an old Jewish guy. That is what will kill Superman. Now, usual suspects, Kaiser Soze was really Kevin Spacey, who played Lex Luthor badly. So, Superman beats Lex Luthor, so Saul. A vote for a red giant. Uh, Jared. One of my favorite stories of the usual suspects is the original is, is um the original screening I think at Sundance or I can't remember if it was a a screening that just the, the the screenwriter and the director Brian Singer attended just at random just to see how the ending played but apparently like it played out and this old guy in the front row just stood up and shouted at the screen baloney and like stormed out of the theater which I think is awesome but I'm going to vote for Saul, and, and this is why. Back in the 80s, be sitting in the third grade classroom at my desk, and it would wheel out this 16-millimeter projector to show us a film about Earth. <laughs> and inevitably, and I, I think I saw like different versions of this same story over the course of my childhood and on into my teenage years. Inevitably, all of these fantastic stories about Earth and biology and and uh, geography and geology would always somehow come to this weird thing where and then one day the sun will grow big and red and angry and it will consume everything and I just loved that ending no matter how many times I saw it because it was always like for some reason they had to tack this <laughs> end of everything onto these kinds of film strips or uh, early uh, films. So I got to vote for that because every time I would just start like giggling to myself that, oh my God, they're really going to end it again. They're going to end it that way. And that's fantastic. So it's the greatest ending ever. All right. A vote for Saul becoming a red giant. Uh, Mike. Uh, I am going to vote for the usual suspects. Um because uh, I actually I had that end ruined for me um, because someone spoiled the movie, and uh, I think I've told that story before. But it's still uh, you know just how it plays off is really is really good. But the main reason is I don't the the soul 
becoming a red giant, first of all, it's not necessarily that it will physically destroy the Earth. They, they don't know quite how big it will get. It may just expand within Earth's orbit, and Earth would still be a planet in its orbit, really the way Mercury is now. Uh, certainly the atmosphere and all of the water and all life will have uh, burnt away because the temperature will be uh, ridiculously hot. But as a planet, it will still be here, or could still be here. Um, and it's also very possible that life would be gone long before that. Certainly humans will be gone long, long before that. Um, and I think it's possible we could take most of the rest of the life with us. Um, and also when soul does that, that's not the end of soul. That's the next stage in its life. Uh, it will now continue as a red giant uh, for, for a long time, millions of years. And, and at this larger size, it will actually be generating uh, heat uh, farther and deeper into the solar system. So some of the, the moons around uh, Saturn and Jupiter uh, actually could warm up enough to sustain life and actually triggered a new genesis of life in the solar system. So it's really not an end so much as just kind of a phase shift into another stage of its existence. Oh, vote for usual suspects. Yeah. He did. He did that way <laughs> earlier. Oh, <laughs> um, Pete. Oh, wow. Um, well, I've known about the end of Saul for pretty much most of my life, whereas the end of Usual Suspects came as a total surprise. So I got to go for the end of Usual Suspects. Uh, vote for usual suspects, but the sun expanding and enveloping the earth uh, is moving on, and we are and on. And hopefully, we'll have moved on to somewhere else. <laughs> well, we are on to our next fight. Uh, you see, this one is yours. It is the first unknown fight of the evening. It's Karen's pick. It is the East End of London. I don't know why versus Karen's pick, which is the Titanic. That's all she said. Now, actually, she said titanic so i don't know if she meant the movie or the ship but who cares you can go with either one go right ahead well i uh i'm gonna stick with uh the east end of london uh it's it's actually impressive if you do some uh research about it and you know i'm right outside jerusalem here which is another ancient walled city and the east end was basically when they started going outside the walls of, you know, what had been Londinium in uh, Roman times. And it, it's this amazing place because, of course, who would you put right outside the walls? All of those immigrants, all of those undesirables. And, you know, there was crime and disease and plague and Jack the Ripper and all sorts of great stuff. So uh, I'm definitely voting for uh, the East End. Uh, vote for the East End of London, uh, Jared. Oh, I, I gotta, I gotta vote for the the Titanic. I mean, this was an ending that no one saw coming. Um, it was a big surprise. What a twist! And uh, yeah, it was a tragedy, but it definitely was an ending. Not the movie, the ship. Uh, vote for Titanic, uh, Mike. I will vote for the East End of London. Uh, I, I put that on here, a, a little tribute to uh, Chris Mitchell, because uh, I seem to take shots at, at him and his country uh, in many other episodes. Um, 
but also it is a really fascinating place. And, uh, you know, like you it, it mentioned earlier, that's where the Whitechapel area is. So there's a lot of strange history there, a lot of good geek cred. Um, but mainly because on a, I went to London recently, I wasn't able to meet up with Chris. And uh, we were taken on a tour and shown this whole area and, and learned much of its history. And, uh, and really just the variety of, of, of types of people there and shops there. And it's really this, uh, this strange little hodgepodge. They showed us a building that had been, uh, in over the last couple hundred years, a, uh, a synagogue, a mosque, a Protestant church and a Catholic church. Uh, one building that, you know, had, had changed so many, uh, times. Uh, and there's also a really thriving street art scene there. So it's a really great place, a really cool part of London, um, with a great history. And uh, Titanic, uh, I, I actually never saw the movie. And, um, you know, the only thing that really interests me about the ship is the fact that apparently they're attempting to recreate that voyage. Is that true? That's smart. Oh, vote for the East End of London. Uh, Pete? Um, yeah, I'm going to... Well, the East End is cool and it's got its odd little things... Uh, the maiden voyage, the first voyage of the ship that could not be sunk was also its last. Um, that's 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 the way to go out in the blaze of glory. So I have to say the end of the Titanic, the ship. A vote for Titanic. It is all tied up. It comes down to me. Uh, and at this very moment, as I'm talking... Uh, Chris Mitchell is most likely driving back from London because he was in London today. He went to the Harry Potter experience or something. Or, no, wait, isn't Jubilee? No, Jubilee's tomorrow. Uh, so we're, we're dating the episode by saying that. Uh, but, you know, London's cool, whatever. Uh, but Titanic. And I'm going with the movie. That movie is amazing. I don't care what anybody says. It was an epic film, and I loved it to death. But my favorite part of that movie is the absolute end of the movie, where that dumb old bitch, and I'm being horrible right now, she throws the diamond, the super diamond, into the ocean and then falls into the water and dies. Like, that is a depressing ending if you're looking at it, at it through the, that's a really expensive diamond, not she went to go back to be with her love, and that's what she was doing. But I'm looking at it as a, a crazy old woman who was off her medication, dropped a multi-billion dollar diamond in the ocean, and then just killed herself. I'm, I'm voting for that. I'm voting for Titanic. <laughs> Titanic is moving on, and we are on to our next fight. Mr. Formby, this one is yours. It is the end of Iron Man versus oh, well, the end of Preacher, a Vertigo comic book. Okay, so uh, Preacher ended up at the Alamo which I think was a fitting end. So I'm going to go ahead and go with that and loosely link it to the end at the Alamo. Uh, vote for uh, the preacher. Oh, preacher. Uh, Mike. Uh, I will vote for Iron Man uh, for two reasons. Really, there's two parts of the ending that I like. One is, um, at the end, during the press conference, you know, they started to float the Iron Man as bodyguard storyline. And up until this point, the movie was following a very kind of older, traditional Iron Man sort of vibe. And I really expected it to kind of go that way. Uh, but then when he, he tells everyone that he is Iron Man and kind of spins it into being much more uh, aligned with the modern Iron Man, uh, I thought that was really clever, and I thought that they had done a lot with that uh, when his identity had been revealed in the comics, and it really makes a lot of sense and fits the character. 
But even more than that would be the post-credits ending with Nick Fury, because ultimately uh, that was just a swing in the dark. They had no idea. They they didn't really. They had maybe had a hope. They maybe had a, a loose plan, but uh, they really couldn't have an expectation that it would be successful enough to necessarily make this work. This was a huge gamble on their part. And while they had other things uh, in mind, there was no guarantee any of them were going to be successful enough to actually morph into an Avengers movie. Uh, and it did. And uh, ultimately, that ending, that quick post-credits thing that was just tacked on that people who weren't geeks didn't even understand, uh, that paid off for us uh, just recently, uh, well, about a month ago. So uh, I'm going to vote for the end of Iron Man. Wow, the end of Iron Man. Uh, Pete? Um, yeah, I, Preacher wasn't one of those <clears throat> comics that really uh, grabbed me. Um, but Iron Man, I, I, I absolutely loved that movie. I thought it was fantastic. So I have to go with the end of Iron Man. Uh, vote for the end of Iron Man. Um, end of Iron Man is great. What Mike said is amazing, but Preacher holds a special place in my heart. Uh, Preacher is when I started to read adult comic books that didn't have porn in them. Um, yeah, it, it was. It, he doesn't. He has a power, but it's not really a superhero book or anything like that. And before Preacher, I would only read superhero books. That's all I ever read when it came to comic books. Uh, after Preacher, I, I'll read anything if it's got a good story. Uh, it doesn't even have to have good art. Uh, but Preacher, the end of Preacher, uh, if I'm, I'm not mistaken, I'm, I'm pretty sure the last panel is the Saint of Killers after he kills God just sitting on the throne saying he's so tired and he just stops. And I, and I love the fact that the Saint of Killers goes and kills the devil, then he goes and kills God, and then he just, he, then he rests. And, and, Doesn't and, it end with Jesse seeing a sunrise? It, it does. He rides off into the sunrise because he's a fucking cowboy. I forgot about that shit. No, the vampire guy. Oh, that's no, that's right, Cassidy. Yeah, Cassidy. Cassidy, Cassidy is uh, is uh, walking into a sun a sunrise, but it is with uh, Jesse and Tulip riding off into the sunset because it, he's a fucking cowboy, and that's how you end a cowboy story, an American cowboy story at least. So I will be voting for Preacher. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Yussi. Which one takes the win? Well, ha has anyone here seen Spill.com's uh, animation of what does Nick Fury do? Because I, I thought that was just brilliant. And that's how I took uh, Ending of Iron Man, of course, the post-credits thing. Samuel L. Jackson, who we've been told in numerous series is such a badass and Nick Fury is such a badass but what exactly does he do especially when he's hanging around these uh superpowered beings and preacher you know I'm I'm a religious man which means I like my blasphemy you know it's really intriguing when comics tackle this it's a little bizarre uh, you know, when we have all of these, you know, characters, they're heroes, they're villains, they're anti-heroes who have the powers of gods, but we don't really talk about God or the devil, which is more of a Christian concept than a Jewish one. But still, it, it, it has that power. Uh, you can, you know, disagree with uh, Garth Ennis's view of things, but 
You know, at least he's trying to ask those big questions, which is what comics uh, should be doing and, you know, art in general should be doing. You can have lots of fun stuff as well, but, you know, let's, let's you know, make some time for uh, serious questions. So uh, I'm giving it to Preacher. And Preacher is moving on into the next round. We are. On. I would have switched my vote to the shawarma. <laughs> well, but that's Avengers, uh, not Iron Man. Like you, I said, exactly. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Preacher is moving I on. Recommend a number of places mm-hmm. if you're looking for shawarma. Uh, oh, I already said it in an episode where shawarma actually is, but I'll say it again: the shawarma shawarma village or shawarma palace. Is right underneath the uh, farmer's insurance sign when uh, Iron Man gets knocked to the ground and then he goes to fly off to go stop the missile. This is right uh, after he flies through the creature, right? Yeah, right after he flies through the creature, you will actually see the Shwarma Palace in the movie. So it is an actual callback to something that actually happens. He did see it just a few blocks over. I, I, it makes, makes it even more amazing. That's why I love that movie so much. Uh, we're on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. It is the last episode of Geek Fights versus the Tenth Doctor. The end of the Tenth Doctor. I don't want to go, uh, but go ahead, Mike. Uh, I am going to vote for the last episode of Geek Fights because it will be such a sweet, sweet release. Uh, vote for the last episode of Geek Fights, Pete. Um, yeah, I got to vote for um, the the end of. Uh David Tennant and Doctor Who because uh, I think he is going to go on forever. Um, a vote for David Tennant's Doctor. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, this is it. This is the last episode of Geek Fights, guys. This is this is this is the end. We're not doing any more if, Geek if, Fights. If the end of Geek Fights wins this episode, this will be the last episode. Uh, but I'm not voting for the end of Geek Fights. I'm voting for the. Uh, David Tennant end, even though a lot of people say it is it is not the doctor saying goodbye, it's David Tennant saying goodbye at the end of that episode. Uh, so I, I'm still going to go with the the end of the Tenth Doctor. Uh, Yussi. I've tried so hard to get into Doctor Who. I mean, my brother-in-law is really into it. A lot of people I respect are into it. I just, I can't do it. And I tried with the crying angel statues. I tried at least twice to watch that episode. I, I just, I don't get it. Uh, and there's a lot of British TV that I, that I love, but I just can't get into uh, Doctor Who. But I don't want Geek Fights to end. So, you know, I will trust in the judgment of uh, people wiser than I am and uh, vote for the 10th Doctor. A uh, vote for the tenth doctor's end and Mr. Formby. Man, this is tough because I really cannot vote the tenth doctor ending forward as something fantastic. Um, I uh, I'm one of those the opinion that uh, it was just creepy and weird that it took so long for David Tennant to die because he was just David Tennant and he was so popular. And on one hand, it's sort of like, well, I guess he was so loved. Maybe they should send him out that way. But storytelling-wise, it was just sour for me. Just, you know, showing up on Rose properly like a stalker, you know? Just to poke it on her life one more time. All that weirdness, I just can't do it. I just can't get there. And I'm hoping that when Matt Smith 
has to regenerate. It's more like the Chris Eccleston ending, maybe even better. Like I would really love it if he just stumbled, smacked his face into the ground and got up as someone else. That would be great. But this milking it and just being David Tennant and powerful is horrible. And yet the geek fights ending, ah, you know, it should have ended. It really should have ended. I can't believe that uh, Damon and Mike handed it off to some creepy kids, like the next generation thing. It was just weird and vile too. So I'm going to coin toss this. I got a David Tennant. A vote for the end of David Tennant. Oh, wait, that's weird. Uh, And the 10th Doctor is moving on. I guess geek fights will continue on forever. (laughs) And we're on to our next fight. Uh, Pete, this one is yours. It is the end of Big Fish, that Tim Burton classic that everybody hates, versus the Giants win the pennant. The Giants win the pennant. Oh, the Giants win the pennant. From the 1951, uh, well, National League champs. Yeah, uh, wow. Um, I think the Giants win the pennant is definitely more iconic. Um, so, uh, I mean, just, you know, 50 years later as a kid, you still hear that, you know, that phrase. So I have to give it to the Giants. Uh, vote for the Giants winning the pennant. Uh, I put Big Fish on this, on this list because the end of that movie is basically the, the entire movie is a son not understanding his father. And the father is like, you know me. The son says, no, I don't. And the very end of that movie is the son understanding his father. And, that, that, and, that, and, that, and the fact that, you know, I never lied to you. I always told you everything. And his, his realization that he knew his father just as well as he could and, and actually better than most people know their, their own parents. I, I love the hell out of that movie. I love that ending. I love when they're at the, uh, the funeral and he's seeing all these mythical people that his father told stories about and there's always a kernel of truth in the, the nugget of a, a wild, crazy story that he told and uh, the realization that he did understand his father and the fact that he wanted to become a better father for his son that he was, you know, in the process of having. So I, I, love, the, I love the shit out of Big Fish. I don't care that anybody else hates that movie. I love the fuck out of it. I'm voting for Big Fish. Yussi? Yeah, well, uh, I put uh, the Giants win the pennant on, and I think you have to give Big Fish its due. I mean, it came between, uh, you know, for Tim Burton, Marky Mark of the Apes, and Jacko and the Chocolate Factory. It was a pretty, uh, you know, nice return to form, you know, and considering Dark Shadows and everything else that Tim Burton is doing, you know, it's like, you want to tell him it's okay. You don't have to take something from the, early to mid seventies or something Gothic and, you know, put it on film. You can try other things. You can say other things, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's one movie and the Giants win independent in 51 is iconic. Can't believe we haven't used that word already. It, it's just so much coming together. I hope we'll get the chance to talk about it more. But, you know, this is that moment, you know, radio is giving way to TV. Uh, you know, each of these teams uh, has a, a, a player who broke the color barrier, right? Jackie Robinson on the Dodgers, Willie Mays on the Giants. These are two teams that are about to leave New York 
for the West Coast. And, you know, at this point, it's just this, this pure joy that every sports movie and sports TV show is trying to get to, you know, that, that game where the underdog team manages, you know, to pull it out at the last second. And, you know, these are people who are not using uh, performance enhancing substances, but, uh, you know, in that era, maybe performance retarding substances like alcohol, uh, you know, not that I'm uh, maligning any of those uh, players uh, individually, but it was just a different era. And that was something pure, something amazing. And, the Giants did not even go on to win the World Series. But in that game, it was just a perfect moment and the perfect end to that pennant race. So that, that's where I'm going. Uh, vote for the Giants win the pennant. Jared. Um, now, Big Fish, was Ewan McGregor in that movie? That is correct. Okay, well, I haven't seen Big Fish. But Ewan McGregor was in Train Spotting, and Train Spotting had a fantastic ending. So I'm gonna go ahead and vote for Train Spotting. I mean, Big Fish. Uh, vote for Big Fish de facto. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Mr. Ortiz. Which one takes the win? This uh, this really sucks because honestly, I don't care much about either of these. So I was hoping that it wouldn't really come down to me, so I could just vote Michael's dick. Train Spotting, but. Uh, I, uh, well, I did see Big Fish. Um, I did like it, uh, but I don't remember it. I don't remember the ending. And, uh, I don't, I, I'm really not into sports, so I only just vaguely know about the, uh, the Giants winning the pennant. But, uh, since I guess technically it qualifies for iconic and I do like things that are iconic, uh, I will vote for the Giants win the pennant. Fuck you, Mike Ortiz. Fuck you so hard. But the Giants win the pennant is moving on, and we're on to our next fight. Hey, I would have voted for Michael's dick if I could. I I know. You voted for it a lot last episode. Um, we are on to our next fight. Maybe Maya Angelou? <laughs> it is not the end uh, from Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, versus the end of Angel, the, the television show Angel. And, uh, I don't really care about Crisis. Never really have. I know it's supposed to be an epic story, but it's an epic story about a comic book universe that I didn't read. I, I, I read the universe that followed Crisis. Um, the end of Angel is a fucking great ending. I love it to death. I love the fact that it, it's not really an ending. It's the, this is where our show leaves off. Uh, the story is going to continue. And, you know, the, the dragon. There was a dragon. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going with the end of Angel. End of Angel. And then a lot of people died, too. Uh, Yossi. Well, actually, Crisis ends in a very similar way. The full quote is uh, from the last panel, not the end, but the beginning of the future. And I, I love Crisis for the story that it tells, because so often these, you know, universe-wide uh, epic adventures don't really have a point. You know, it's sort of like, well, we're planning to end this series, so we could kill this guy off, we could kill this hero off, and, you know, we need some motivation for people to buy the summer annuals, so let's have some huge event. 
But Crisis was different. It had a, a specific goal, and at the same time, it was very good at telling a story. And that last, last page is really, I think, the, the best part, because it doesn't end with the heroes victorious, or even the heroes burying their dead, or even killing the villain, or even a new history of this uh, new combined universe that's been created. That's all in there. But it ends with the henchman. Uh, psycho pirate who was recruited basically to help you know the anti-monitor in his uh, goal of destroying all matter universes which he almost succeeded in there's there's only one universe left one combined universe and he's just in his cell in arkham asylum i think uh in uh, his straitjacket and he's he's saying you know i i really miss those old days he, he he's not angry. He's he's sort of wistful. Like I miss those old days, and uh, you know because now it's unpredictable. Who knows what's going to happen? And that's the universe that you were reading, David. Right? Who knows what's going to happen now? You know, Robin could die. Superman could kill people. You know, uh, Green Lantern could be an alcoholic. These things can happen, and they, these were things which couldn't happen in the Silver Age or even the Bronze Age. They were something that happened uh, only after this uh, great ending. So I'm going for Crisis. A vote for Crisis, Jared. Wow, that's a that's a some great insight into uh, the realm of comic books for sure. But it's unfortunately up against one of my favorite endings ever told, which is the end of Angel. And I know a lot of uh, Buffy fans couldn't make the uh, migration to Angel. And I feel very sorry for them because if Buffy was the show they wanted to, to live, Angel was the show they were probably living. That show is chuck full of um, regret. It's being it's the main character being relegated to an ensemble player. Um, it ends up with an apocalypse that is so great, so terrible that they can't stop it. All they can do is try to pause it and have all of that evil just come down on them. And that's the success. And I disagree with you, Damon. That is the ending. That is it. I mean, there's no better, I think, poetic ending for Angel than to go out fighting. And that was the truth about it. The show kicked off with this promise that, you know, one day when you've done enough good, you will be human again. When you've done enough good, you will have paid back enough and and you'll be rewarded and the final solution of that show was there is no reward you are that much of an asshole you will always be fighting and that was the curse and that was the beauty and oh my god angel a vote for the end of angel mr ortiz uh, I will also vote for uh, the end of Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, I, I I did make the migration to Angel. Um, I enjoyed it. Certainly, I didn't enjoy it nearly as much as Buffy. Um, I did like this ending. I thought it was a clever and, and ballsy ending. But, uh, you know, in the end, you know, you're talking about an apocalypse, but you know, with Crisis on Infinite Earths, it's, it is the apocalypse. It does happen. This is This is the Ragnarok. The end of the uh, end of the world and the beginning of a new world um, for the DC comic superheroes. I mean, it is it is really very literally taking 
a, a classic mythic concept and grafting it onto the, the superheroes. Uh, it was done for a business decision. I mean, Damon, you say you don't care about the universe that it end, that ended because yours was the universe with, that was after. And that universe exists only because of crisis. That could not have happened. That could not have grown out or evolved from what was before. Um, it set a precedent for DC. They've basically rebooted it again. I mean, the, the whole concept of restarting your universe, uh, even down to Star Trek, um, the, the new Star Trek movie, all of this really begins with crisis. I mean, that's really when someone pulled it off. And not only did they pull it off, they, the thing that followed improved upon. And, uh, and then also just very literally for the ending of crisis, with uh, with the defeat of the Anti Monitor by the Golden Age Superman, basically the the universe that began with that character ends with that character as well, and he doesn't die. He goes off into some sort of mythical heaven, and um, it really is really. I mean, I've I've not seen a big epic uh, comic book like that. Almost every single big epic storyline, big event ultimately always fails in its ending because the ending just cannot happen. You cannot get anything new. Even Flashpoint just really drops the ball. But Crisis gave you an ending. The, the stakes were high, and, and in many ways, they lost. The heroes actually, they survived, and there was another universe, but they lost an infinite number of universes to this, uh, this event. It really was an apocalypse, and it really changed things, and it had an ending that really paid off, both in terms of changing things and just with the sort of emotional resonance that they had built over that year. One of my favorite stories of all time, Crisis on Infinite Earths, the ending. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Pete. Which one takes the win? <clears throat> oh, God. This, you know, at first this was an easy one for me, then hearing everybody talk, it's gotten a lot more harder. Um, I can see the point behind Crisis, and there was actually... Crisis, the end of Crisis was actually the end of several characters, which I was not expecting to see die, of course. Um, we lost Barry Allen, who was one of my favorite characters, Supergirl. So it was the end of Crisis was actually the end of a lot more. But the end of Angel, I missed it the first time around. I missed the last episode the first time around, and I caught it in repeats. And I was just stunned as they're just standing there facing off this legion and they don't even bat an eye. Oh, so I guess I got to give the edge to Angel. The end of Angel. And the end of Angel is moving on. I know Jared right now is shouting and laughing happily in his coffee shop. Angel has made it into the second round. So I don't yes. want to hear you, you ever talk shit to me again, Damon, about, about voting something that will make the Whedon fans happy. What? Because when you gave me shit about voting for Captain Mal because of, uh, because of the Whedon fans, and then you put Angel forward. Yeah, but I actually like the end of Angel. More than I like Crisis. At point of interest, wasn't that about the Firefly fans, not the Whedon fans? Yeah, it was more Firefly fans. Than just weed and fans in general, but uh, the end of Angel is moving on, and we're on to our next fight. Uh, Yussi, this one is yours. It is the end of Battlestar Galactica versus the end of Twin Peaks, or Ray Palmer's end in Twin Peaks. Is that supposed to be Leland Palmer? Uh maybe. Okay, I don't the, know. The, I don't think the Adam was in Tweet Twin Peaks. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Wait, why did why did Dave put Ray Palmer? <laughs> 
Because he's thinking about the comic book. Yeah, I guess. But anyway, yeah, Leland Palmer. Right. Uh, so I have a lot of respect for Twin Peaks and David Lynch because that was before he decided on a singing career, which has been very bizarre. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's true that this was like that first step forward on TV into doing something really uh, cinematic and really brave. And ultimately, you know, network TV sort of blinked and they said, hey, you know, maybe you should go try that on, on cable. That, you know, that's where you can uh, really try this sort of stuff. You know, although, of course, it turned out you didn't, you, it's not the, uh, you know, more relaxed standards of, uh, you know, an HBO or a Showtime, you know, AMC can do great stuff and FX can do great stuff. But BSG, it, it was just, uh, I would say, perfect from the beginning to the end, except it was that black market episode. That wasn't great. But we're talking about the end. And the end was challenging. It was frustrating. Some people walked away from it and said, what's going on? You know, this didn't answer the questions. This didn't, uh, you know, give me a, a nice uh, solution where, you know, I could say Starbucks was in some sort of, uh, you know, wormhole and came back and, you know, she is an angel. That's the end of it. But you, you really can't say that Ronald D. Moore wasn't setting us up for that. He, you know, laid the groundwork from the beginning that this was, uh, you know, a, the, the, the melding of science fiction and, you know, uh, the, the big spiritual ideas, monotheism versus polytheism, redemption, all, all of these uh, great concepts. And so I think uh, at the end of the day, that was uh, a finale that really delivered. And Twin Peaks was canceled. So it, it had to end that way. And it sort of went on with the movie. But, you know, we, we uh, who knows what, you know, season five of that would have looked like. But BSG was complete. There was nothing left that we have to, you know, go back and imagine what might be. It was a complete story. And that's why uh, I'm definitely going with uh, Battlestar Galactica. Uh, vote for Battlestar Galactica and for a rebuttal, Mr. Jared Formby. Uh, Twin Peaks has uh, an ending. Twin Peaks has an ending to the, the overall story. I mean, we're talking about one ending on Twin Peaks, which is, I guess, the end of the Laura Palmer story, which I think is a fantastic ending to that. I mean, I don't know if anyone remembers this, but the... Murder of Laura Palmer was a cultural phenomenon in the late 80s, early 90s. I mean, this was something that people were obsessed about. You can go to the bookstores. You could buy her secret diary. There was all this cool stuff tied to the phenomenon that was Twin Peaks. And when they finally did decide to end that story, when they decided to you know, reveal the murderer, um, it was shocking. It was awful. Um, a lot of people probably couldn't stomach just who it turned out to be. And 
and the moment there in that cell with the with the uh, shower falling down on them, the uh, the sprinkler system, and uh, Dale coaching Leland Palmer, who had been you know possessed by something terrible, terrible, um, coaching him to where he would finally find peace. I found that emotionally gripping, incredibly satisfying. And even the moments where he finally puts together just who the killer is, that all happens in the same episode. And that was all wonderful, too, and all worked well within the Twin Peaks parameter. Um, I think that that is the superior ending. I mean, it's no, I, I, I'm mildly famous on the Internet for not liking the end of Battlestar Galactica. And I just, I just don't, I can't get there. And I mean, I appreciate everything that uh, I, I've just heard um, on BSG's behalf. I mean, everything, with the exception of the Black Market episode thing, which that episode had Charles S. Dutton. So that should always just be awesome. So I'm going to have to vote for Twin Peaks because that was great. And just so you know, Twin Peaks ended with the movie Fire Walk With Me. You've, you found Dale trying to talk to Laura Palmer, which I thought was a fantastic moment in that movie. So I'm going to go ahead and just nerd out on Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks gets a vote. Mike? Uh, I am going to vote for the end of, of Battlestar Galactica. And uh, I guess the, the main reason is, you know, I, I was confused when I first saw Twin Peaks on here because I thought it was the ending of the show itself, which ended, you know, basically at a cliffhanger ending with, I believe, Dale possessed by, um, I don't know if it was necessarily Bob, but one of the dark spirits. It had really gotten into the whole uh, Black Lodge, White Lodge, uh, really kind of a strange, mystical sort of vibe. And uh, he smashes his head against the window and just ends with, where's Annie? Where's Annie? Or how's Annie? Um, so that, and that, that was the ending of the show. And this was the ending of uh, just a particular storyline that launched the show. And I think it was a great ending, but unfortunately it's, it's weakness for me is that it wasn't the ending of the show. And maybe if they would have ended it there, then it would have, it would, it would ring a little purer for me, but they, you know, they, they paid off the story that they, they had set up. Uh, they did it very well. And then they had to go somewhere else and where they went was very interesting but I don't think that it ever was as tight or as cohesive. I mean, then they started letting some of the weirdness and the obtuseness fill in for for actually having a, a through line and, and just started, you know, getting into a lot more just weird for weird sake stuff. Um, still, you know, great show overall, but its end and the end of the storyline were not the same. Whereas with Battlestar Galactica, when they were done with the story they wanted to tell, they actually ended the show. Um, they could have continued, they could have, you know, done, done something that really was not what the show was about, but they didn't, they ended it. And it, the fact that it was as controversial as it is, uh, I actually really like, and I, you know, I find it interesting that, you know, I, I hear similar arguments about the ending of Lost and the ending of Battlestar Galactica. And, you know, here we have Jared on one hand, really liking the ending of Lost, uh, but not liking Galactica. And then, uh, you know, Yasi having sort of the opposite reaction and both of you, really seem to have, have understood and, and gotten things from those. It's just just interesting that, that it's just two different takes. And I think because Galactica has been like that, it wasn't something that satisfied everybody, but it sure as hell satisfied me. Uh, I will vote for Galactica. Uh, vote for Battlestar Galactica. Pete? Yeah, this one is actually relatively easy for me since uh, 
I didn't. I, I tried. I tried watching both shows. I just could not get into either one. I had no care whatsoever. So I have to flip a coin, and the coin says it is heads. So heads is Battlestar Galactica. <sighs> I thought it was going to end in a tie for me, and then come down to me, and I was going to either break somebody's heart or something. But uh, I guess I. God damn it! I'm voting for Battlestar Galactica because I didn't really watch Twin Peaks. You know, I was too young, and by the time I was old enough, there was X-Files, so I was like, oh, I'll just watch the X-Files, I don't really want to watch Twin Peaks. And I know X-Files and Twin Peaks are completely different shows, I'm just talking about that same genre weird feel. Uh, I could totally see them crossing over, though. Yeah, oh, they they could easily have crossed over, I'm just saying. They did, David Duchovny wore a dress. What? Oh, he was all that's right. Hell yeah. And by the way, that Twin Peaks ending, they never wanted to end that Laura Palmer story. It was because of the public need to have that satiated that they even went there. But David Lynch's original vision was that that would just be this through line. The excuse that this FBI agent could meet all these eccentric characters and be a part of this community, that that ending was never supposed to happen. And so I think that makes it even cooler because he was able to satisfy it. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm still I'm still going to vote for Battlestar Galactica just because, uh, well, it's getting late. Not for us, but for, for Yossi. Or Yossi. Uh, Battlestar Galactica is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Jared, this one is yours. It is Shawshank Redemption, the end of Shawshank Redemption versus the end of Seinfeld. Man, this is this is just crazy to me. I mean, I'm I can't really vote for Seinfeld because I don't have, really have any respect for Seinfeld as, as anything. And I like the Shawshank Redemption. I do like it. But the ending just feels like it's just kind of weird. And I feel like that story kind of already ended. And then like it, it just picks up again. Sort of like when Forrest Gump starts running at the end of Forrest Gump. It's like, what, what this is still going? So I, I'm going to go with Shawshank Redemption just because I like the Red Was Here part. When he, uh, when he stabs that into the wall, I, I like that. So I'm going to go with that. Uh, vote for Shawshank Redemption. Mr. Ortiz. Uh, I have not seen Shawshank Redemption, so I'll vote for Seinfeld. Uh, Pete. Um, yeah, Seinfeld was one of the shows that I know a lot of people liked it. I, I just did not care for it. I didn't watch it all that often. When I did watch it, I thought I laughed. I thought it was amusing, but it, 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 was, it wasn't one of those shows that gripped me and made me watch it all the time. So I don't even know that I saw the last episode of Seinfeld, whereas... Shawshank Redemption, I've seen numerous times, so I'm going with Shawshank Redemption. Uh, vote for Shawshank Redemption. Uh, there is a reason why Shawshank Redemption comes on every day, all day, on TV. It's because it, it's not just the very end of the movie, uh, because the, the end of the Andy story in there happens a little bit earlier, and it's when he finally breaks free of jail. And, and there's that... that Happiness. Oh, spoilers again. Uh, there's that happiness, that joy there. But then there's also a ton of joy when you've got the the the, the addendum, the uh, epilogue with Red, you know, going around and Red was here, and then Andy told me to go here to this tree here, and he goes to the tree and he's like, "You remember that place we talked about?" And then you know you see this beautiful white sandy beach, and you see Andy working on a boat, and and you see Red coming up. 
And that's where the movie ends. It ends right at the perfect moment because there's nothing they could say there. There's no no thing they could show on screen about the, the joy and the emotion of that moment where they finally got out. They finally got out of Shawshank. Uh, I love that movie to death. I'm going to vote for Shawshank Redemption. Uh, I'm changing my vote to Shawshank. You already voted for Shawshank. Then I'm changing it to Shawshank. Okay. <laughs> Yussi? Uh, so I think I might be the anti-Jared here because this one is actually very hard for me. Uh, I, I really won't say anything against Shawshank because I, I love it. Um, but Seinfeld, I think that that finale has been unfairly maligned because, you know, people wanted, I, I don't know, they wanted some uh, jokey ending with, with Newman, you know, and Kramer's doing some crazy stuff. But at the end of the day, they, they actually did something very brave. I mean, first of all, they ended it there. And NBC, Seinfeld took a while to catch on, right? They would have been very happy to keep it going. But, uh, you know, Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld realized the time has come to end this. And the time has come to answer the big question about these four neurotic New Yorkers. Are we laughing at them or are we laughing with them? You know, when they have all of these insane, you know, relationship problems, professional problems, because people use the wrong punctuation and talk too close to them and, you know, make the wrong sorts of jokes, you know, are they right or are they wrong? And, you know, what they said was, of course, they're caricatures. Of course, you shouldn't do that. Of course, you should just get over stuff and be happy. And I think that that was very brave because there were probably, you know, a bunch of people who identified with those characters and they said, yeah, finally, there's someone else who's, you know, uh, upset about tuna fish or whatever it might be in a given episode. You know, I myself often thought of Kramer's scheme of taking all of the cans to Michigan because he get the 10% deposit. I mean, I, that, that was something which occupied many uh, youthful thoughts of mine. But at the end of the day, they actually said, okay, these, these people are you know, not fit to be in normal society. They need to be taken out of it for a little time to think about what they've done. And that was something uh, very brave. And I thought that it was you know, different than, than other comedy finales because it wasn't undercutting everything that happened. It was just saying, ultimately, at the end of the day, you, know, you need to let things go and be happy in your professional and, and, and personal life. So uh, I'm going Seinfeld. Uh, vote for Seinfeld, but Shawshank Redemption is moving on, and we're on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. It's a pretty funny one. It is all good things versus Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is funny that I would start this one out, and uh, I vote for all good things. I really was hoping you would go Butch Cassidy. Uh, <laughs> Pete. I almost did. I know. Um, wow. Um, kind of a tough one, but uh, I got to give the edge to uh, Butch Cassidy. I thought that was, for me, a more, a more striking, a more poignant moment. Uh, vote for Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Um... 
all good things. Uh, and all good things is a TNG episode. I, I, you know, I, it's the finale of the next generation of Star Trek. Uh, I, I forget to mention that sometimes because all good things is all good things. It's the beginning of the end or the end of the beginning. But whatever it is, it's the end. And, and I love the hell out of all good things. So I'm going to go with all good things. Yesy? Uh, someone uh, intimated before that I maybe didn't like uh, Deep Space Nine because of the, uh, you know, justifying the means thing. Uh, that is my favorite uh, series. But my favorite Star Trek finale is definitely All Good Things. So that's what I'm voting for. Uh, another vote for All Good Things and Jared. Does anybody know the uh, the last line in Bush Cassidy and Sundance Kid? I'm trying to remember it. Dang. I'll All right. My head, no. my head. Nobody's got that? I thought that was a big old iconic thing. But um, I can't remember it. But I do remember that it's the two of them pinned down uh, while the Bolivians are shooting up this Mexican villa. And they're undercover. And they just know that's it. They just know they're going to go out. And then they just get up and go to face it. And instead of like watching them get ripped apart by Bolivian bullets, it just becomes a photograph. And you just hear them getting shot up. I think that that is a terrific ending. And it's too bad that it's up against the end of all good things because this is one instance where I would vote for all good things because it is a great, great moment when Picard sits at the poker table. But I cannot get out of my head the ending of Bush Cassidy and Kid, even if I don't remember exactly what was said before that happened. Bush Cassidy. A vote for Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, but uh, all good things from Star Trek. Moving on, and we are in our last fight of the first round. It's the other unknown. Uh, this, is a, this is a new one. This is a new thing. Uh, Jared has the unknown pick he actually didn't put anything that's on this list on this list except for the unknown uh i have nothing written here so it's the end of the flash barry allen's ending uh versus jared's pick which is i've been racking my brain about this and like i feel like i when i i mean i'm in, i'm a substitute right now i mean i'm, I'm here for dave gill i believe that's um, correct. so i've been arguing a lot of his picks and i really hope i did a good job on twin peaks for you dave i tried i tried but anyway, um, I had been brainstorming a, a possible unknown for this, and I flirted with one idea, and that's the idea I'm actually going to go with. I want to go with the end of Slaughterhouse Five by Kurt Vonnegut. Do any of you know it? Nope. Yes. Yes, I'm going to go with that. Um, basically, this novel has two narrators, and um, it's Kurt Vonnegut kicking off the book in one way, and. He tells you, I'm going to tell you this story. I'm going to tell you this story that happened to me. It's about, you know, the, the battle of, of uh, or the bombing of Dresden, which is this town in Germany. He needs to get this off his chest. It's something he experienced. But instead of talking about it directly, he tells us an awesome science fiction story that involves time travel, space travel, and a porn star. And before he kicks it off, he says, the story starts like this. Listen, Billy Pilgrim has come unstuck in time. And it ends like this. Pootie Wheat? And it's like, what? Pooty weed? What is that? And you read this whole story, and it does end with those words. And I think that's phenomenal. It's one of the coolest things I like to sit and think about. I'm going to go with the end of Slaughterhouse-Five on this. 
All right. So we've got the end of Barry Allen Flash versus the end of Slaughterhouse Five. Pete, that one is yours. Okay, this one is actually pretty easy for me since I, I picked one of these. Um, and I, I have to say, I got into... Flash was one of those characters I got into later in my comic book reading, like right around issue 200. Um, and I really loved the whole trial, the murder. <clears throat> and then you know, shortly after the, the series ended, at about issue 225, I think, um then all of a sudden they offed him in crisis. They kill off the Flash, and I could not believe it. So I have to go with the end of the Flash. Uh, vote for the end of the Flash. He should have stayed dead. I'm going with Slaughterhouse Five. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yussi. Okay. Now the bombing of Dresden is actually dealt with in a comic, which I'm going to say came out in. 98 or 99 where they were like reviving the JSA where they had the original flash Jay Garrick uh, you know basically confronting the army brass about the the bombing of Dresden and he was very upset about that and he's also there to pick up the the uniform of uh, Barry Allen after he gets killed so I would say that uh, flash ends up on both sides of the equation and therefore, uh, Barry Allen wins. Uh, vote for Barry, uh, the, the end of Barry Allen. Jared, I, I'm pretty sure I know where you're going with that. You're going Slaughterhouse-Five, correct? Oh, I thought I already voted. You know what? You know what? I'm going to vote again for Slaughterhouse-Five because, come on, you guys. You cannot put a comic book ahead of awesome literature like Kurt Vonnegut. I guess, unless you haven't read it, I guess. Well, yes, we can. Why are you daring, Mike, to, to crush your hopes and dreams? It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Mike. Which one takes the win? Uh, well, as the guy who said, no, I haven't read Slaughterhouse-Five, and the person who sung the praises of Crisis earlier, uh, I'm going <laughs> to vote for uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, and the... Uh, and the end of Barry Allen. And Damon, you are right. He should have stayed dead because that ending and that death was so good. Barry Allen is moving on. Fucking asshole. And we'll be back right after this. Uh, maybe. Suzanne Summers and the Buttmaster Dancers. First you put your two knees as close up tight and then you move them in and out kind of nice and light. You lie down on the floor, time to get out of your rut. You move them in and out and side to side, it's great for your butt. Woo! Tired of feeling like a big old tub of lard. You use your Buttmaster, you'll get nice and hard. You use it every day, no way to firm up faster. You wonder how you live without your Buttmaster. Hi, I'm Deanna Jones, the inventor of the Buttmaster, and I'd like to show you how to use it properly. Kapla, and set your course for BayouCon, June 30th through July 1st in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Hello everyone, I'm Justin Tony, director of BayouCon, and I want to invite all of you to our fourth annual event this month. BayouCon is going all Klingon for the Klingon Summit with Star Trek's J.G. Hertzler and Robert O'Reilly. And the best part is they'll appear in full Klingon costumes. This fun-filled weekend will offer Klingon-themed panels, as well as the best in video and tabletop gaming, merchants, concerts, and lots more. 
Denver. Get your tickets now at www.bayoucon.net and set course for Lake Charles, Louisiana for the Klingon Summit at BayouCon, June 30th through July 1st. For the latest information about BayouCon, visit us online at www.bayoucon.net. I'm Jimmy Palmiotti. I write All-Star Western and create-our-own heroes for Image Comics. And I'm here saying hi to all my friends at Geek Fights. And we're back doing what we do every single week. It is Jared Formby, trademark geek cred. And uh, I'm going to start with Jared Formby and his trademark geek cred. What is your geek cred, Jared? Well, uh, I, I'm going to go with a... The geek cred that I, I do create the intros for the Geek Fight episodes, and I take special care now that each intro ends with a solid out so that it gives Damon the perfect spot to just rush in with his Welcome to Geek Fights, the Ponzi scheme of podcasting. So I do. I, I, I contemplate how that's all going to pan out. I make sure that it ha ends on an obvious up, especially on the intro for Best Mike. So uh, we're going to see uh, how that plans out for my, my geek cred. Uh, that is Mr. Formby's geek cred. Mr. Lucas been on the show a hundred times. Actually, it is 23 now. What is your geek cred? Well, long-time listeners will know that uh, I'm a third-generation geek. I uh, was raised, uh, I learned to read on comic books. Um, I have been a collector slash avid reader slash watcher of science fiction, comic books, um, and assorted memorabilia. Um, and this has nothing all to do with my geek cred, but I just want to say rest in peace, Richard Dawson. Running Man was a great movie. Um, <laughs> thank you, Pete. And last but not least, uh, Yossi, or... Yussi, sorry, I keep pronoun pronouncing it. Uh, you're you're, you're a, a rabbi in Jerusalem, correct? Yeah, that, that's right. What is your geek cred? Well, first of all, I want to thank Jared for all of the uh, intros, because I, I used to do a lot of uh, podcasts myself, uh, you know, and I'd edit them and everything. And so all I could do was basically, I think I had the Transformers intro and the uh, Thundercats outro, or maybe the reverse. Uh, but, you know, that, that's some amazing stuff, and all of the uh, listeners, I think, appreciate it. Uh, but for my personal uh, geek cred, uh, I would go to my birth, but it starts before that. Summer of uh, 77, my parents go to a little independent movie called Star Wars, and according to my mother, I was uh, kicking in, uh, you know, in time with the John Williams score. And, you know, John Williams, only part of that franchise that never let me down. You know, Phantom Menace, you know, the next day I went out and uh, I bought the CD because that, uh, you know, that part of it, the score was uh, still awesome and it remains that way until this day. Thank you very much. Uh, well, let's uh, jump back into fighting. Oh, man, it's me, Mario. It is the end by the doors versus whatever happened to the man of tomorrow, the Superman story. Um, I got to go with the door song because it's 11 minutes and 43 seconds long. And most of it is just music. 
just music, not even not anybody talking. Music and like weird organ piano, and uh, whatever happened to the man of tomorrow? I, I'm gonna, you know what? Fuck it. I'm I'm gonna go bias against comic books for the rest of the episode. I'm going with the doors. Uh, Yussi. Well, I, uh, you know, I've been marking up my brackets, and uh, so for the doors, I have a little door. And for whatever happens to Man of Tomorrow, I have a little S-shield. And I still think that as mind-bending as Jim Morrison is, uh, the, of course, the end, the finale of whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow is that Superman's worst enemy is Mixia's Pitalik. Right, because forget all these mad scientists and robots and you know various uh, super criminals. This is a being from another dimension, and his villainy, you know, seems amusing. But that's just because he feels like that uh, until the moment that he wants to be dangerous, and then there's virtually nothing that can defeat him. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, whatever happens to the man tomorrow. A uh, vote for Superman, Jared. Uh, I'm I'm gonna have to go with Alan Moore on this one. I mean, I appreciate the Doors, but honestly, the the connection I have to that song is all through Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now for me is a is a great movie. I think the use of that music in the movie was 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 fantastic. But I never find myself sitting down and listening to that song. I just ever want to see it with uh, the visuals that Francis Ford Coppola put up. So uh, for me. Alan Moore means a heck of a lot more than Apocalypse Now. So I'm going to go with Alan Moore. Uh, vote for Superman. Mike. Yeah, I will uh, stick with whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Uh, the Doors song is a great song. It's a uh, it, it's certainly a very kind of haunting song. And, and it's about, you know, basically a guy murdering his father and fucking his mother. Isn't that how that worked? Um, and, uh, but whatever happened to the man of tomorrow really kind of showed how the, the Superman that they were getting rid of, um, really could still work. And, you know, the problem was never the character. The problem was he just, you know, maybe we just wasn't in the hands of the right writers and in the hands of the right writer, he was still actually a very, very strong character. Um, Alan Moore actually kind of fought to get to write that final story and uh, my favorite part of the story really is just in the very beginning. It opens on a, a memorial statue of Superman and talks about, you know, this is a story about, you know, the Man of Steel and all of his friends coming together and his ends coming together, enemies coming together. And, and it ends with, this is, a ma- this is an imaginary story. Then again, aren't they all? And I thought that was one of the best lines I had ever read. A uh, vote for whatever happened to the man of tomorrow. And Pete. Well, Apocalypse Now is one of those movies that had been on my two-watch list for like 20 years before I actually got a chance to see it. Um, and when I saw it, it was down at the State Theater with the full speakers. And I will tell you, listening to the end by the doors with those huge seven, eight-foot speakers they have, you just get filled with the music. So I'm sticking with the end by the doors a uh, vote for the end by the doors but whatever happened to the man of tomorrow is moving on and we're on to our next fight yes see this one is yours it is the end by the beatles 
versus the end of the Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah, well, this one is very easy for me because uh, Fenchurch is hotter than Yoko. So we're going with Hitchhikers. Uh, vote for Hitchhiker's Guide, Jared. I got to stick with the Beatles, but I also have to uh, correct myself. Uh, the story I was telling in the first round, I think that was uh, where Paul McCartney had to finish the song. I think that's Day in the Life. So as far as uh, the, the end um, by the Beatles, uh, I'll go with that one right now just because uh, I flubbed in the first round. Uh, vote for the end by the Beatles. Mr. Mike Ortiz. Uh, hmm. This is, this is actually kind of tough because on one hand, I've, I've long championed uh, the advancement of, of music, uh, rock and roll in particular, and the Beatles specifically uh, on our shows. But I've also championed the, the notion of things that are actually genuinely geeky. And I know, you know, technically everything can be geeky, but when we, this show is primarily about, uh, you know, sci-fi, fantasy, horror, genre, uh, geeks, um, more so than, than music geeks or sports geeks or anything like that. Um, so, you know what I, I, as much as I do love the Beatles, I think I am going to, uh, stick with, with my own geek, uh, my own true geek, which is sci-fi fantasy and, uh, and go with Hitchhiker's Guide. Uh, vote for Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah, I totally forgot. Now I, now I realize the episode that we have to do, Mike, the one that we were talking about the other day, which is Best Fictional Athlete, uh, that oh, yeah. will fill, that, that's the one that will, you know. Anyway, uh, Pete, what's your vote? Um, <clears throat> wow, this, this, is, this actually is kind of tough, but um, I have to say, I have listened to the end by the Beatles. It's only a 30-second song. I've listened to that enough to get sick of it at one point in my life, whereas I have not gotten sick of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy yet. So I will go with Hitchhiker's, the end of Hitchhiker's. I'll vote for the end of Hitchhiker's Guide. And uh, I will still throw a little love to the Beatles because I would have loved to have the next round be the end by the doors versus the end by the Beatles. But it didn't end up being that way. Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide is moving on, and we're on to our next fight. Jarrett, this one is yours. It is the end of the mist versus the fall of the Berlin Wall. Man, wow. Okay, I'm starting to see like just how many of my picks are, are must have failed. Um, all right, so the mist, the ending of that. I mean, there's there's two endings if you consider the novella, which um, ended, I believe, in a really hopeless note where. Basically, uh, no, it was a hopeful note, I believe. It was like they, they heard some sign of civilization on the radio, um, I think is where that ended. And I know that it was difficult to figure out an ending for the movie because that was just too, I guess, satisfying in the novel because you were reading words. But dramatically, it felt really flat. And Frank Durabont wrote the ending of the movie and basically, he'd been telling Stephen King since you know he'd written and directed The Shawshank Redemption that he would figure out an ending for The Mist that would work dramatically. And Stephen King didn't think he could do it. And then that was the ending he came up with. And when he told it to Stephen King, the story goes, Stephen King said, oh my gosh, if I would have thought of that, I would have ended the, the book that way. 
So, I mean, it's gotten his endorsement and everything, and it is a crazy, crazy, hopeless ending and, and just so sad. But I, I don't know that I can vote for it here. Um, I, just, I just don't want to. So what's the other choice? <laughs> the fall of the Berlin Wall. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and vote for that. All right. I was about to call you a commie. Uh, Mike. Uh, well, to to get really technical, the fall of the Berlin Wall is not the end of communism. It's not even the end of the Soviet Union. It's the end of the Cold War. Um, it's the end of that conflict. It's the end of the the uh, the battle between uh, East and West. It was really just sort of symbolized in in Berlin uh, with that wall. Um, but again, I also do have that, uh, you know, I, I, again, this is geek fights and the Berlin Wall is not particularly geeky. Um, but I am going to vote for it here just because uh, of one strange memory I have always associated with the Berlin Wall. Um, when it actually came down in uh, 1989, I believe, maybe 88, I believe it was 89, um, I was actually in a, a history class. Uh, that was basically the history of the world from 1945 to the present, and it was was very specifically about that post-war, Cold War era. Uh, and I came into class on Monday, and the teacher was like, "Well, you know, something something really momentous happened this weekend. Um, something that basically is going to change the nature of this class uh, every year going forward, because now this class really is from 1945." to 1989 because you know the the world we live in has changed and and then she mentions all it's uh you know because of the the fall of the berlin wall and uh i sat next to a very 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 cute young blonde chick with glasses who was really smart and peppy and kind of fun and uh i had been you know trying to talk to her all semester at that point and uh and when that, when the teacher announced that, she basically goes, "Oh my God, that was, really surprised me." I, I thought at first she was talking about the fact that I got married this weekend, and then I realized all that work that semester was pretty much wasted, and uh, that's my memory of the Berlin Wall coming down. So Berlin Wall. Oh, uh, vote for the Berlin Wall, uh, Pete. Um, wow, I would thought you voted against it because of that. Um, I have to say that. Uh, in my lifetime that I can think of off the top of my head, there were, there's been relatively few of these epic, iconic moments that our previous generations had, like the, the assassination of Kennedy. And one of those was the destruction of the Space Shuttle Challenger when it blew up, and the other was the Berlin Wall coming down. Um, so I, I kind of have to go with the Berlin Wall. Another vote for the Berlin Wall coming down. Uh, yeah, I, I think the, the reason I'm going to vote for the Berlin Wall coming down is it was hope of a new beginning. It was the end of something, but the 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 new beginning that could come from it. Uh, whereas the end of the movie mist, not the book mist, the movie mist is, is such a fucking bummer ending. I mean, it really is uh, just a, a. It's almost as much a bummer ending. As the end of the boy in the striped pajamas, like I, I, seriously, that movie has a bummer ending. Uh, but uh, I'm going to go Berlin Wall as well. Uh, Yossi, is it a clean sweep? Well, I I think it would be pretty cool if we had 
you know, eventually Stephen King versus Stephen King in the final. But, uh, you know, I put fall the Berlin Wall here and, you know, Mike and Pete said it all. It's just, you know, what other war could you put here? You know, most wars end with, you know, nuclear bombs falling on cities or, you know, cities falling under uh, uh, foreign control and, 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 you know, massacres of the, uh, uh, of the losing side. I mean, you even take something like World War II, you know, and so the Russians were our allies. And the Germans were, I mean, they were the Nazis. But what happened to Berlin, the rape of Berlin, it was not a pretty sight. And here was a war which ended, you know, in such a, a peaceful, beautiful way. And it really, you know, made those of us who grew up in the 80s say, wait a second, the future is open. You know, we're, we're not under this, uh, this cloud we can, you know, uh, uh, make our own future, and and it doesn't have to end in disaster. So, fall the Berlin Wall, and the fall of the Berlin Wall is moving on, and we're on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. It is when Saul becomes Saul. Uh, Saul becomes a, a red giant versus Titanic. Hmm. This is a this is kind of a strange battle. Um, I guess. Even if the uh, Titanic has not completely rusted away at the bottom of the ocean when uh, Saul expands, um, if it hasn't, then it will then. So I guess that means in a physical fight, I would give it to uh, Saul or the sun. All right. A vote for the sun. Pete. Um. I got to give the edge to Titanic because that has happened. Uh, the end of Saul won't happen for many, many, many millions of years. So uh, I can put it out of mind and think that it'll never happen. So Titanic. Uh, vote for Titanic. Yeah, you know, I, I'm voting for uh, old ladies jumping off uh, backs of boats to their cold, lonely deaths. I'm voting for Titanic. Uh, Yossi. Uh, well, in the Justice League, I think that ice is hotter than fire. But in real life, I think that uh, fire beats ice. So, Saul or Soul. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Jared. Which one takes the win? You know, I'm, I'm going to go back to the first round with this. Uh, I believe it was Yessie who was saying that he feels like the, the best endings are the earned endings. And if, if you uh, use that stratagem on this, it, it seems to me that the Titanic ending is, is kind of a cheat. Like it suddenly gets like super like heavy and kind of you never see it coming. And, and then all of a sudden there it is. It's like one of those, you know, kind of unearned twists, I guess. Whereas the expanding sun, I think, is an ending that's going to be well earned. So let's go ahead and go with that one. The sun turning into a red giant is moving on, and we're on to our next fight. Pete, this one is yours. Wow, I wrote your name Poot. I don't know why I did that. Uh, it is the comic book preacher versus the end of David Tennant. Um, easy one for me. End of David Tennant for sure. Uh, easy one for me as well. The end of Preacher. I, seriously, Preacher, 
uh, preacher kind of marks my my slow journey into being an adult, and 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 you know, in five or ten more years, I, I will be a full fledged adult. But uh, preacher started that, so I'm going to go with preacher. Uh, Yessie. Uh, Garth Ennis beats Stephen Moffat. Preacher. I would not go that far, but. <laughs> I vote for preacher Jared Stephen Moffat Garth. What 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 was this? I just heard. No 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 no. Garth Ennis does not beat Stephen Moffat in this particular scenario. Though all he has to beat is Russell T Davies, who put together that horrible, horrible fucking ending. I mean, the story of that episode actually goes that uh, Russell T Davies was writing the 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 last episode for David Tennant. David Tennant would leave when Russell left. And then Stephen Moffat would take over. So he wrote all the way up to that last line where David Tennant looks at the camera and, and says what he's going to say. And then like the, the TARDIS explodes. And then Stephen Moffat takes over with the first line of dialogue for Matt Smith. So um, that moment where Matt Smith shows up, I love that. But that's technically um, a beginning. So I'm going to go ahead and go with Preacher because I have read that entire story from beginning to end. And I did enjoy it. I, that's probably the one of the few times I've really, really, really adored what Garth Ennis can do. And I don't think that he's topped it, at least for me, since. So I'm going to go with Preacher. A vote for Preacher and Mr. Ortiz. Uh, yeah, I will, uh, I will agree with what Jared said completely. I mean, it, I don't think Garth Ennis has topped that ending yet. Um, I think that uh, Preacher, on the whole, is one of the few long-form comic book stories to end as well as it did. You know, I, I think Sandman got kind of weak. Um, I think most of them, just by the nature of that structure of telling 50, 60, 75 stories and then having to wrap it up um, really in, in one issue, you know, you might be able to have a, a longer arc, but just the, the way that comics are made, you've got that one piece of or that one stack of pages that has to pay off years and years of work which is really nearly impossible to do and preacher did it better than uh than really any other series i can think of um and i also agree with jared that that thing with david Tennant was kind of weird the whole time i was like why is he so sad he's not actually dying the character is going to come back it's changed it's a different personality but it's it's not the kind of tragedy that they really made it out to be. I mean, that really was, did feel like it was not anything to do with Doctor Who at that point. It had to do with David Tennant. Um, and I, I am not a David Tennant fan. I don't care about David Tennant beyond Doctor Who. I don't seek out any of the stuff that he did. I've seen stuff that he's been in, but not because of him. Um, so, uh, so yeah, at that point, it does become this weird sort of praise of an actor over the character that really put that actor on the map uh, a, a character that others had done and that others will do so an ending for doctor who in general uh is not an ending until doctor who is actually gone as far as i'm concerned so uh, i will stick with preacher and preacher is moving on into the next round on to our next fight the giants win the pennant the giants win the pennant versus the end of angel and um yeah, I'm going into Angel. Uh, Giants win a pin is a great moment. The great end of a baseball game, great end of a pennant race. It, it, it is great. 60, 
one years ago. And, you know, it's one of those things that we take for granted, but uh, I, Angel's still fresh in my mind. I like I had something invested in Angel. I have nothing invested in the Giants winning the pennant. So I'm going to go with uh, the end of Angel. Uh, Yessi? Well, I... This is uh, still a pretty easy one for me. I know the Wheaton fans are, are, are really fervent and, and into, you know, Angel and Buffy and Firefly and all of those, but I feel that it's a bit of a cheat, and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get geek spiked for this, but I, I just feel like, you know, when you're going to end your TV series, end it and don't have, you know, season six and season nine of Buffy and, you know, all these things happening in comic books, you know, just finish the story and then move on from that. And, uh, you know, I think that that's what's great about the Giants win the pennant. It's like, yeah, there's a World Series that happens after that. And by the way, they lose to the Yankees. And I'm actually a Yankee fan, um, you know, for what it's worth. And by the way, when I was a kid, the Yankees sucked. So... You know, don't tell me about, oh, you're just rooting for a winner. But I, I just think that th- th- there's, you know, such drama in that. And I would, you know, give more credit to the end of Angel if the character really ended there the way, you know, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid did. You know, with that scene of, you know, well, we're going against the enemy and, you know, we may not come out of this, but, you know, that, that, that's how we're going to go down. But, you know, there's all this stuff, and, and I don't know if Wikipedia is accurate about this, but, you know, there's like, well, it was published by this company, and that wasn't canonical, but now there's another company, and it is canonical, and I just find it very confusing. And it seems to me that, you know, if you really love the series, you'd want to have that definite end. So I'm still going with the Giants. Uh, vote for the Giants. Jared? Um, I, I do... Um I do love that ending for Angel. I, I really do. And I do see it as the end of that. I will never, ever endorse anybody jumping into the EU to find completion in anything. And maybe it's because the Star Trek EU is like kind of hit or miss and you don't know what's canon, what's not canon. The Star Wars canon obviously expands into an EU. And yeah, Angel and, and Buffy both go off into some kind of EU paradise. But I, uh, I defy um, a- any comic book writer to, to jump into any of that fray, including Joss Whedon himself, because I know that he's got a hand in a lot of this EU stuff, too, to come up with anything as phenomenal as the end of Angel as it was on television or the end of Buffy as it was on television. I mean, they're both immensely satisfying, completely happy, I mean, happy, uh, completely rewarding endings for longtime viewers. And a lot of the viewers probably don't even know there is an EU. You know, I mean, the, the casual fans, they see it like it was, and they, they got it awesome. So I'm going to go ahead and, and endorse that, because the end of Angel was, was just fantastic. And I see why the end of Buffy isn't on this list. Because the end of Angel was just immensely more poetic, I think. And I, I, I love it so much, so it's got to go forward. Uh, vote for the end of Angel. Mike? Hmm, this is, uh, this is kind of tough because it is 
really, again, one of these I don't care much about either. Um, so can I vote for Michael's dick? For now. Right. Uh, Pete. Um, this one's actually kind of easy because uh, I'm really not a sports fan. I, I can acknowledge that there have been iconic moments in sports. Um, but for the most part, I don't care. Um, whereas End of Angel, I, uh, I thought was fantastic. So End of Angel. And your dick uh, vote for Michael's dick stands. The End of Angel is... I would like to on. change it to a vote for Maya Angelou. Okay, uh... Okay, um, we're on to our next fight. Uh, Yossi, this one is yours. It is the end of Battlestar Galactica versus the end of Shawshank Redemption. It's uh, another tough one for me, uh, but at the end of the day, I think that uh, Shawshank had you know, a, a great uplifting message, but BSG in its finale had a challenge to humanity. You know, what, what are we going to do? Are we going to uh, break the cycle? And so Shawshank was more an observation of, you know, humanity. And this was, you know, a, a, a asking the question, you know, will we, you know, find our, our peace and find our, you know, desire to just, you know, uh, Put an end to the, uh, you know, the, the, the this cycle of uh, destruction and and rebirth. And you know, for that, I've got to give it to BSG. A vote for Battlestar Galactica, Jared. Can I vote for the end of Caprica? Because that was so much cooler. When I think of the end of Battlestar Galactica. I see Dean Stockwell putting that gun in his mouth and blowing his brains out, and that just felt random and off to me. And then I think about Starbucks' husband, like all shaved headed and, and, you know, just this side of touched, like flying into the sun, like in control. What? And then, of course, there she is with her with her damn cherub wings, with the Starbuck, and the, and then like, what do we end with? We end with like a conversation between like, um, what do you got? You got the homeboy and you got homegirl there. Like, like they've been the whole show, and and they're all, oh, do you think they're going to keep this up? Oh, I don't know. It's like, why didn't Ronnie Moore just end it like he should have ended it, which would be just a nice static, you know, medium shot of Ron Moore himself in a white shirt. Just shrugging. Like, I got nothing, guys. I got nothing. So I'm definitely going to vote Shawshank Redemption. A vote for Shawshank Redemption. Mike? Uh, yeah, I guess I would have to say the opposite of what Jared said, because I love the, the ending to that uh, show. Um, and uh, Cavill blowing his brains out was perfect. I thought the uh, payoff with, with Starbuck uh, was was also great. Um and and even just the ending with the two of them uh, in in the present day. I mean, that was when, when the show started. I wondered how are they going to end this show. Um, they can't end them with them not finding Earth because then there's no payoff. But if they end them end it with them finding Earth, like the way they did on on you know the original, they find the Earth in the modern day. Do they find Earth in the present? But finding Earth, which is not even the Earth they're looking for, um, but is actually our Earth in, in the past. Was just a really, I thought, a really clever way to uh, to just sort of end it and connect them to us, 
and uh, and really just kind of sort of bring everything together. And while it doesn't answer all the questions, it answers all the questions that I had. And uh, the fact that so much of it, so much of what led to that ending was laid out. I mean, he may not have really known exactly how he was getting there, but, uh, you know, they, they, they talk about it. They drop hints. You know, the, the whole, I am an angel, you are the hand of God. I mean, that, that comes up at the very beginning of the show. They, they tell us who Starbuck is uh, several times and nobody believes it. Um, you know, I, I thought that that's really how it paid off for me. And the fact that they kept dangling these things, everybody looked at them and dismissed them. And then at the end, it turned out to be exactly what they were telling us. So, uh, so because I love that fact and because it is so controversial and so despised by many and praised by many more, I think it's, it's a, an ending that we will be talking about for a very, very long time. Uh, vote for Battlestar Galactica. Pete? Um, this is another easy one for me, because, as I said, Battlestar Galactica wasn't one of those shows that really gripped me. I, I, I tried to watch it, um, just could not get into it. So uh, I really didn't care about it. Um, but Shawshank, uh, I, I've seen I don't know how many times. If it's on TV, I'll watch it. So end of Shawshank. The... Shawshank gets a vote. It is all tied up. It comes down to me. And, uh... It's Shawshank. Now, I, I, I don't even really have to think about it that much. It's Shawshank Redemption. I love the shit out of Battlestar Galactica. I love that ending. But I'll, I'll, I'll go John Champion on it. It, it. Which would I rather watch right now? Shawshank. And you know what? I just watched Shawshank last week. I love the fuck out of that movie. I love every little thing in that movie. I love, I lo and I love the emotional release at the end of the movie. Uh, so I'm going to go with Shawshank Redemption. And Shawshank Redemption is moving on. And we are on to our next fight. Jared, this one is yours. It is All Good Things versus The End of the Flash. Barry Allen Flash, that is. All right. I finally, finally get to vote for all good things for this moment at the poker table, which was fantastic and doesn't even need the rest of that crappy episode. Uh, vote for Shawshank Redemption. Uh, Shawshank Redemption. What the fuck am I talking about? Uh, a vote for all good things. Mike? Uh, th this is tough because, uh, you know, obviously I've had this issue with all good things uh, ever since the uh, best Trek episode. Um, but the, the death of Barry Allen, I thought, was a fantastic moment. Oh, shit. This is... Uh, I'm going to go with Barry Allen uh, for two reasons. Um, one, all good things, I knew what was coming. I knew the show was over. I knew it was done. Uh I had no idea. I don't think anybody had any idea. This was pre-internet and pre-spoilers that Barry Allen was going to die in that episode. Supergirl had died in the issue before, and you kind of figure, all right, that's the big death. We're not. They're not going to. They're not going to do that. And Supergirl was a secondary character. I mean, she was not. She had headlined a book, but she was part of Superman's cast of characters. She was not really her own. Her own character. She was female Superman. Uh, but the Flash was was truly iconic. And, you know, to have Barry Allen die there and, and it, you know, Supergirl died and they actually had this big, everyone mourned. It was a big moment. Flash died alone. No one knew the sacrifice that he made until much later. Uh, he saved the universe. 
And the fact that it was Barry Allen um, who was the one who had really initiated the Silver Age, and this is much like Superman, you know, began the whole DC universe and the, and the role that he had in the story. Barry Allen begins the the universe that this actually very literally is bringing to an end. Um, and having him just sort of bracket the beginning and the end of this this Earth two Earth one uh, place, I thought was just an absolutely great way to do it. Um, what followed uh, the fl- the death of the Flash was Wally West as the Flash, the post crisis DC universe, which is still the universe that I I really love uh, most of all. Um, and what followed all good things was Generations. So I will vote for Barry Allen. A vote for Barry Allen. Pete? Um, I uh, might put it uh, much better than I could, so I will just say I uh, also vote for Barry Allen. A vote for the death of Barry Allen. I do want him to die so much. Um, All good things did lead to Generations, which also led to one of the most epic moments in all of uh, TV film history, which is Captain Kirk meeting Captain Picard. As as much as I have problems with Generations, that moment, I was just watching it one day, that moment is so like, holy shit, it just hit me. That is an amazing moment. It, it, at least for Star Trek fans. So if, if, if that's the only thing I, I take out of uh, All Good Things, fine. But All Good Things is an excellent end of a series with the promise of more. Uh, they're, 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 they didn't actually have to make movies, even though they, are, they were already in production of movies when they were doing All Good Things. But they didn't have to make any movies. They, they didn't have to continue that story. Uh, it, it, it wraps everything up. And it's the first Star Trek series that actually gets a finale because everybody forgets that the original series got canceled. Like it's the first and and most likely the best finale. Voyager's finale is garbage. Uh, Enterprise's finale is garbage. Deep Space Nine has a pretty good finale, but I don't think it tops all good things. So I'm going to go with all good things. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Yussi. Which one takes the win? Uh, this is a hard one uh, again, uh, Damon. I I don't think that was a great moment. <laughs> the meeting of uh, Kirk and Picard in Generations, but I think you're absolutely right that all good things did something amazing, and that's why I think it's the best finale. Because of course, Enterprise and uh, the original series they were just cut short. Uh, Maybe deservedly, maybe maybe not. Um, you know, Voyager, well, it was obvious from episode one what was going to happen at the end, so you didn't need to watch the rest of it. And with DS9, you know, they, they definitely were moving towards something uh, through, throughout the series. Uh, certainly from about uh, halfway through, they were working towards that end. But with all good things, it was such a challenge. How do you tie this all together? There were so many episodes of Next Generation which just were not connected to anything. And how do you find something which will show a possible future for uh, you know each of the Enterprise crew members, but also you know connect to the the encounter at Farpoint, you know the beginning of everything. And I think they did an amazing job. And the thing with Barry Allen is. I was definitely more affected when it happened by the death of Supergirl in the previous issue of uh, Crisis. I think it's great that Crisis basically shows up 
three times in our brackets because we got it in uh, Devin Barry Allen, the end of crisis, and even that the final pre-crisis uh, Superman story, whatever happened to the man of tomorrow. But the thing is with Barry Allen, he, he sort of had no way out. I mean, there was the trial, there was the whole mess with his, you know, his wife Iris being in the 30th century with his kids. There was, you know, it, it, it sort of was putting him out of his misery. And granted, he did it in a heroic way, and no one knew about it for quite a while. And uh, it, it was certainly more dramatic in the sense that it stayed permanent for longer, as permanent as things get in comics. But then it wasn't. And suddenly Barry Allen is back. And he was even back before the New 52. And I think all good things remains. You know, those, those movies were not very good, those Next Generation movies. But all good things, it really managed to tie it up, which is so hard with an episodic TV show after 176 episodes or whatever it was. You know, trying to get something which has both meaning and closure and still left uh, the, the uh, you know, the future open for more adventures. So I got to give it to all good things. And all good things is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. It's for a spot in the final four. It's whatever happened to the man of tomorrow versus the end of hitchhiker's guide. Hmm. This is a, uh... This is interesting. I will go with uh, whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Uh, like I said, I'm not not as not as sure what the endings of those other things were. Uh, you know, the ending of the book was moving on to uh, the restaurant at the end of the universe. The end of the original radio play, which is a I think the second book, um, has them trapped in the past, and we get the joke about um, the uh, the answer to life, the universe, and everything being 42, and the question is what do you get when you multiply six by nine? And that's why the universe seems kind of fucked up. Um, so it was very funny. It was very interesting. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm a comic book guy more so than a, than a sci-fi guy. Uh, that is, is a great story. One of my favorites. Um, it, it showed that Alan Moore really can, you know, a lot of people will accuse him of basically just taking other people's work and shitting on it. Uh, darkening characters making them sort of twisted uh versions of themselves that he really doesn't understand the characters but this showed that he understood those characters as well as anyone who had ever written superman before that uh it was it was a beautiful story uh superman uh it, it featured crypto sacrificing himself um it uh it was uh it was great stuff so i am going to vote for whatever happened to the man of tomorrow and whatever happened to the manager tomorrow gets a vote. Uh, Pete? Um, yeah, I haven't read that storyline in like 30 years, so I'm not exactly even sure what happens. Whereas Hitchhikers I have, so I got to go with the end of Hitchhikers. Uh, vote for Hitchhikers Guide. I will also vote for Hitchhikers Guide. Uh, Yossi? I love whatever happened to the man of tomorrow. It's uh, it's an amazing story, and I'll just note the uh, heroic deaths of Lana Lang and uh, Jimmy Olsen, you know, who both got their powers during the Silver Age, and they, like, decide to, you know, take them upon themselves once again and uh, become Elastic Lad and, I believe, Insect Queen. 
and sort of go out to, uh, you know, there's a siege around the Fortress of Solitude, and they just die. And, you know, and uh, I believe what they say as they die is, you know, we, you know, no one loved him more than we did. And that is so beautiful. But at the end of the day, they're not all imaginary stories. And the difference for me is, you know, what stories do you have to follow up on? You know, what stories do have to stand? And this was one where you could say, okay, that happened. That was, you know, uh, Action Comics number 583. And then number 584 came out. And it was, you know, Superman teaming up with the uh, Teen Titans versus basically Stephen Hawking, which is really a bizarre uh, comic. But, you know, the point was things went on. And, uh, you know, in, in Hitchhikers, we got an end. Now, it may have been undermined later on by, you know, adding, uh, you know, still more books and even posthumous books. But at, at the end of the day, I feel like we, we got an end. And that, you know, ultimately is worth something. And, you know, Superman uh, in the Silver Age and in the Bronze Age, Ultimately, it's like, okay, we ended it, and then, you know, we'll come back in January, and there'll be a new, uh, there'll be a new issue, and it'll, it'll all start again. So, I'm going to go with Hitchhikers. A vote for Hitchhiker's Guide and Jared. I, I'm sorry, uh, point of interest, was the, uh, was the last line of the Hitchhiker's Guide uh, quoted on this episode? Did I miss it? Uh, not that I can recall. I don't think so. Was the last line of the Alan Moore story quoted? Uh, yes. Then I think it's kind of obvious, guys, that you need to be putting Alan Moore forward. And if there is, needs to be another argument, um, uh, Mike, has Alan Moore ever shit on Power Girl? Mm, not that I'm aware of. Alan Moore. Uh, vote for Alan Moore. But the, I'm not sure I followed that one. Well, uh, actually, Alan Moore has shit on her. It's a weird uh, scat fetish thing that he has. Anyway, <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide. That the Lost Girl? <laughs> Power Girl. Uh, the end of Hitchhiker's Guide is into the final four. We're on to our next fight. Pete, this one is yours. It is the Berlin Wall, the Fall of the Berlin Wall versus the sun becoming a red giant and possibly engulfing the earth. Wow. Um, well, when it happens, these will both have been iconic moments. However, only one has happened in my lifetime, so I am giving it to the Berlin Wall. A vote for the fall of the Berlin Wall. Uh, that you know of so far. You know, everybody's predicting that, you know, the, the sun will become a red giant. You know, hundreds of millions, trillions of years from now, that will happen. But uh, the truth is, the universe is, there's nothing that's set in stone. There's nothing that's a, a guarantee other than the beginning and the end. And even then, uh, you, you don't know when it's going to start. You don't know when it's going to stop. You just have to live in the now, live, in, live with what you've got right now. And uh, I'm going to go with uh, soul becoming a red giant. Just so I can uh, appease the, the, the god of the sun, and so it doesn't become a red giant and uh, angrily eat my planet. Uh, Yessie? Well, I, um, 
I put Foles of Berlin Wall on this, and I think that means I'm going to have to take another shot, but that's okay. Um, I, I just think it's really poetic. You know, it's like one one is this political division, which ultimately doesn't mean anything, you know, in, in the, the sense that, uh, you know, we realize that the, uh, the, the arguments that seemed so important through the Cold War, uh, that they're, they're not really important. You know, it, it's all about providing for your family. It's all about, you know, having a uh, successful uh, economy. You know, we, we, we saw the great red China, you know, what, what came of it. Ultimately, they didn't have a Berlin Wall coming down. They've still got a Communist Party. But they also realized that, hey, if they make, you know, dishwashers really cheap, then that's the way to salvation. It's these cosmic threats of, you know, the red giant and, you know, whatever might be happening to our planet before that, uh, that, that we really have to answer. So I'm going to go with Soul uh, becoming a red giant. Uh, vote for the sun becoming a red giant. Jared. Man, uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, the red giant. I, I mean, I don't want to like downplay the importance of the historical significance of the Berlin Wall at all. I, I think that that's an important ending. Absolutely. Um, but there's just something about that big old red ball, like just swelling up and taking over everything. I mean, I think it's going to be a fantastic thing when it happens, as long as Alan Moore doesn't fuck it up. And Mr. Ortiz. Uh, I will also vote for uh, Saul expanding, because when it does, it becomes a red giant. Um, and like we said, some of the outer planets, uh, possibly even including Jupiter, which has a much heavier gravity than ours, uh, could actually develop life because uh, of, of the increased uh, heat that is being uh, output to them because the sun's much closer. Um, so that means that life could arise on a planet with heavy gravity under a red sun, which sounds an awful lot like Krypton to me. So when that happens, basically, uh, Superman will be born on, on Jupiter. So I will vote for Sol expanding into a red giant. Uh, Technically, though, when it expands, doesn't it get cooler? It gets cooler, but because it's now much closer and much larger, um, the planets closer to it will be heated. Right, okay. And the sun becomes a red giant is into the final four. On to our next fight. It is Preacher versus the End of Angel. The End of Preacher versus the End of Angel. Um, I like the End of Angel a lot, but not as much as I like Preacher. I I, I really do like. I like that. I I am completely satisfied with the End of Preacher. Uh, not as completely satisfied with the end of Angel. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just one of those things where I had going back to Preacher. It's one of those things where I know that ending is coming and I'm happy about it. I'm like, oh, this ending's coming and everything's going to get wrapped up and I love it. Uh, watching the reruns of Angel at uh, six in the morning, six in the morning on TNT. Uh, every now and again, I, I, I just don't, I, I know the ending, what the ending is going to be. I'm just not as satisfied with it. So I'm going to go with Preacher. Uh, Yessie? 
Uh, well, I guess I'm, I'm still voting for the blasphemer. Uh, I still think Preacher is, um, it's a complete story. It's still bothering me that Angel sort of ends, sort of doesn't end. I, you know, I need to, you know, get that, that closure. And, you know, the, the idea of, you know, God is the, the, the good uh, and his uh, opposite and equal in some ways is the devil is not really part of my tradition personally, but it makes a great story. And, uh, you know, Jesse Custer is, is, is a great character. And uh, the, I, I think that ultimately that advances the medium. And Angel was sort of, you know, a, a good spinoff series. And, and I can hear the geek spite already. But Preacher. Uh, vote for Preacher. Jared. There's not going to be any geek spite. I mean, I... I mean, there's only so far that that something as sweet as this ending on Angel can go with, you know, a table of, of uh, comic book fans who are discussing, you know, Crisis on Infinite Earth and, and a number of other, you know, plot threads that I'm only hearing about for the first time on this recording. Um, I, I love the end of Angel, and I, I wish there was some way I could just sway this because the the argument against it so far seems to be that maybe it didn't really end. Because otherwise, it's been shared with quite a bit of praise. Um, so to that, I mean, if I couldn't defend it last round, I, I suppose what I, I, I got to say now is just try to remind you guys of the the plan coming together where Angel explains to his team, we're not going to be able to do this. Um now is the part where you tell me you don't even want to try to do anything, and I let you walk out of this episode. Nobody does that. Everybody stays. And then Angel tells them, now go out and do something that you're all going to enjoy, because it'll be the last time you're doing anything. And everybody goes and does that. We get to see all of our, our heroes go through like their ideal moment, the, the, the ideal circumstances that they want to, to have happen to them because it's probably the last night on Earth. And then they get together. They execute their plan. Um, the last part of that plan is everybody meets up in an alleyway, understanding that the end of the universe is going to come racing toward them. And everything goes according to plan, except for, of course, one guy doesn't get to show up and one guy probably won't live another 10 minutes. And there in the rain, Angel stands up with his friends, his fellow fighters, and Spike asks him if there's a plan. And Angel says, I think I want to slay the dragon. And then he says, let's go to work. He swings the battle, at the battle axe, and it ends executive producer Joss Whedon. That is awesome completely satisfying. I don't need to pick up no fucking Angel comic book. It's done. There's no Shansu prophecy for Angel. Maybe it goes to Spike. We don't know. Great ending. That was a very passionate vote for Angel. Almost swayed me. Mr. Ortiz. Uh, I will 
vote for preacher. Um, and uh, while while I I do agree, Angel uh, did have a very satisfying ending. Um, I was not as big a fan of the show in general. Um, I started watching it when it uh, came out. I made it through two seasons. I came back again at the end of the fourth season just because I figured I'd need to learn a little bit about it because I had to start watching it because Buffy was gone and I wanted something to sort of fill that void. Um, but the main reason is Preacher, the the ending of, of Angel, I, at least and maybe I'm wrong, maybe you could correct me. I, when they started that show, what they, I don't think they had just a five-year plan. Um, you know, I think the show, the show got canceled and they were given an ending, at least as far as I understand it, this was not necessarily an ending that had been planned out the whole time. Whereas preachers, I think was, uh, preacher ended when the, the people who were doing the book felt that they had finished the story they had set out to tell in issue one. Um, it's, it's much more of a complete singular thing, whereas Angel's ending really becomes more like, like real, the way television show endings are. I mean, when, when they started, uh, start or next generation, they did not have all good things in mind. Although I think, you know, in, in deep space nine, maybe they did, but my impression certainly is that they didn't. Um, you know, they might've had a vague idea, but, but preacher is one long novel and, uh, that ending pretty much is, uh, is there from the beginning. So I will vote for preacher. Uh, another vote for preacher Pete. Yeah. I actually think angel probably could have gone another season or two if it wasn't for the fact that there was, uh, some animosity, as I recall, the, uh, between, uh, Joss Whedon and the studio, because originally Buffy was on one channel. They wouldn't come up with the money to continue it, and they switched Buffy to another channel, and that pissed off the network that Angel was on. So you actually had Buffy and Angel on two different networks, as I recall. Um, that being said, I'd still have to go with the ending of Angel because uh, I, I thought it was a fantastic scene, and again, I am not all that familiar with Preacher. A vote for the end of Angel... Am I, am, I, am I correcting that re- recollection, though? Does anybody yeah. else remember it being on two separate Buffy channels? Buffy was yeah. on Fox for the last two seasons. <laughs> no, right. No, Buffy was on the CW. Which was it was, UPN? Yeah. Well, she yeah, went to you, UPN? It was UPN. UPN. She started off oh, yeah. on Fox. And no, then went, no, she was never on right. Fox. She started on WB. WB. Yeah, Hold WB. the phone. You're right, Mike. She was originally pitched to Fox. That pilot went to Fox, but WB bought it when Fox passed. Yeah, Fox produced the show, but they didn't yep. air it. I could swear it went to Fox and not to CW or it, UPN. It went to UPN. No, it went to UPN. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, it was two different channels. Yeah, that's right. Thought. Okay. Uh, am I changing my vote? Am I changing my vote? No. Uh, Preacher is into the final four. Uh, we're at the last spot in the final four. Yussie, this one is yours. It is Shawshank Redemption versus All Good Things. As I said from the beginning, I, I love Shawshank, but uh, I still think that All Good Things is an amazing achievement just in terms of, uh, you know, putting it all together, bringing back Tasha Yar, uh, you know, bringing back Q and, and the beginning of it, showing us this possible future. I almost wish, no, I clearly wish that they just ended it with this and not gone on to the movies, which were 
three and a half out of four horrible and unwatchable. Uh, you know, all good things managed to do that, that, that uh, unprecedented and I would argue unrepeated since then. That might not be a word. Uh, feat of, you know, conclusively ending a Star Trek series. You know, this is what it's about. It's about the Enterprise. It's about Picard and his crew. It's about, you know, going out into that uh, unknown. And you can't just shoot everything. You, you need to find a, a way to expand your mind and uh, just grasp all the, all the possibilities of the universe, which are out there. So I'm uh, going all good things. A uh, vote for all good things. Jared. All right. Uh, I'm sorry. What's the other uh, fighter on this one? Because I'm still over here steaming that I have nothing to fight for tonight. Um, Shawshank Redemption. Versus all good things. All good things. Okay. Um, this is what's going on is all good things as an entire episode is just something that that's always left the sour taste in my mouth. Although I do love that Tasha Yar comes back in that episode. Um, I'm one of the few Star Trek fans in the universe that actually thinks season one of Star Trek Fiction Generation is utterly fantastic. I love listening to like uh, the latest uh, discussions on TrekCast, which is relaunched, um, where it's like lamenting, oh, you know, but it's only season one, so we're not excited about the Blu-ray. And I'm like, fuck you, this is awesome. The Blu-ray is going to be great because it's season one. I love all those stories, and I love that that gets called back in All Good Things. I lamented my problems with All Good Things on previous episode. I'm going to go ahead and vote for Star Trek now um, because of the poker scene and because of Tasha Yar. Mr. Ortiz. You know, uh, I've been kind of complaining about uh, the loss in round one that All Good Things has had uh, ever since our, our best Star Trek episode. Um, because I, I love that episode. I couldn't defend it. I was so dumbstruck that it went down against uh, what I thought was a, a, a decent but fairly middling episode. The very awesome episode called Clues. Yeah, I, uh, like I said. Um, so I, and, and you know, I was, I was dumbstruck. I couldn't defend it. I didn't say anything. I just basically said, fuck you guys. And I've been bringing it up repeatedly for, uh, for what, a year and a half now? Um, and it is, like I said uh, on other occasions, my favorite episode of Star Trek. And I think it's an absolutely great ending. Um, but I'm going to vote for Shawshank Redemption, the movie I have not seen, because the title of All Good Things comes from All Good Things Must End, including this little bitterness bit that I've been carrying for the last year and a half. So Shawshank Redemption. What? Uh, vote for Shawshank Redemption. Uh, Pete. Um, I enjoyed Next Gen. I, I wasn't as passionate a fan about it as uh, I have been about other things, whereas, again, Shawshank, uh, I will watch over and over again. So I will give it to Shawshank. Uh, vote for Shawshank Redemption. It is all tied up. It comes down to me, and fuck you, Mike. Fuck you and your bitter asshole. Uh, you've been voting against all good things for most of this episode. Uh, and here you you have your opportunity to put it into the final four. 
And you're like, yeah, fuck it. I'll, I'll, I'll give a joke vote to Shawshank Redemption because I'm sure, I'm sure all good things is going to win. Uh, no, I wasn't. I thought I was going to lose. Really? It's tied. Yeah, I'm surprised. You could have you just made it win. You could have just voted for it. No, I'm serious. I have to let it go. But letting it go is one thing. This, uh, God damn it. It's a really good episode. And even though uh, Jared just likes the, uh, I, I, what, what, what is it? Uh, the sky's the limit. I the bl- sky's the limit. Isn't that the last line of Next Generation? Yes, that's yeah. the la- the last line because it's like eights and something are wild. The sky's the limit, Da-da! and then the music starts to play. Uh, yeah, that moment is great. Where where but it was awesome before that. Uh, yeah, I think uh, the the problem a lot of people have is the the wharf in Deanna Troy, and there there's there are problems with it, but the the moment that you get at the end of all good things is basically. Oddly enough, like the beginning of the original series where you've got Kirk, Spock, and McCoy together on their off time, chilling out, having fun. Uh, Picard always kept his distance from that crew. And in the last episode, he finally moves over to a Kirk-type captain where he's going to actually fraternize with these people because they're his family and he loves them. Uh I love the shit out of Shawshank Redemption. But I'm going to vote for all good things here. Because, uh, well, it's all good things. It's the Benji of Star Trek moments. No, it's not. You mean the Kurt Russell of Star Trek moments? But uh, all good things is into the final four. We've got Hitchhiker's Guide End versus the sun becoming a red giant and ending the solar system as we know it. uh, Versus, uh, well... Preacher versus All Good Things. Uh, Jarrett, this fight is yours. It is the end of Hitchhiker's Guide versus the sun becoming a red giant. And one day the sun shall expand and consume Mercury, Venus, the planet Earth, Mars, and possibly beyond, including all copies of the Hitchhiker's Guide. To the galaxy. Uh, vote for the sun becoming a red giant. You do realize that you now have to find an audio clip of that and put that into the intro, right? I hope you can. <laughs> um, uh, Mike. <laughs> I am pretty sure that the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy actually contains an entry on the sun expanding into becoming a red giant. Because it is so important that it would make it into a book like that. So I will also vote for The Deadly Sun. Uh, vote for The Sun Becoming a Red Giant. Uh, Pete? Yeah, in this case, I think it's a case of reality having to uh, to supersede the fantasy. So uh, Saul Becoming a Red Giant. Uh, vote for the sun becoming red giant. You know, Mike, when, when you were talking about the, you know, the sun becoming red and Jupiter might become habitable and, you know, they've got the heavy gravity, I was totally thinking Star Trek. I was totally thinking it would become Vulcan because Vulcan's sun is red. Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah. That's, that's what all, I, I thought nothing of Superman in that. Um, but I guess... Uh, so they would be Vulcans who gain super strength under a yellow sun? 
I guess. Or no, Vulcans have super strength compared to us. Uh, I'm going to vote for the sun becoming a red giant. Uh, Yossi, is it a clean sweep? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight for uh, hitchhikers. I still think that you know Vogon poetry can defeat the uh, Saul becoming a ro- uh, red giant. Not that it's gonna change anything, but uh, I'm still voting for hitchhikers. A vote for hitchhikers, guys. But the sun becoming a red giant. And we'll consume Mars and the rest of the cosmos. Whatever. The uh, <laughs> sun is into the final. Uh, into the finals. On to our next fight, Mr. Ortiz. This one is yours. It is Preacher versus All Good Things. Wow! Now we're coming up on on two things that I absolutely love. But like I said before, I'm going to let this All Good Things uh, issue that I've had go and vote for Preacher. All right, a vote for preacher, Pete. Um, wow. Um, I will. Uh, since everybody has been raving about preacher this entire time, uh, I think I would like to see preacher go through. So I will vote for preacher. A vote for preacher. Hmm. Which way am I going to go on this one? Uh, you know... God damn it. They're both really satisfying. The preacher is a little bit more satisfying to me. But that's because I became more invested in... Because there's 81 issues of Preacher? 82 issues? Do you remember, Mike? I don't remember the exact number, but it's, it's something like that. I'll look so, it up while you're talking. So it's almost the equivalent length of Next Generation. It's almost seven years. So both of them are seven years long. Uh, the the difference is Preacher is one big seven-year-long story, whereas uh, Next Generation was lots and lots of little stories. They like 66 monthly issues, five one-shot it's only specials. So it's five years. Well, five and a half years. But still... It's one giant story where All Good Things tries to become, by, by tying, you know, and counter Farpoint to, to this episode, they try and say that the whole series as a whole was one big story, but there's a lot of stuff that just gets ignored or those episodes weren't good and things like that. Uh, Preacher as a whole, I didn't run into that. I liked it from beginning to end, every issue. Even issues where I thought I didn't like it, it was because I hadn't read the stuff that came before it. And when I read the stuff that came before it, it they become much, much better issues. Uh, so I, I, I guess I got to vote for the end of Preacher. That's just the way I feel right now. I, lo- I, I love the shit out of it, but you know what? No. No, I'm going to go with all good things. I can be swayed. I'll say that right now. I can be swayed. Uh, Yussi. Yeah, here's the thing. I've never read an issue of Preacher, even though I've been voting it for it this uh, whole time. I uh, never really read it. (laughs) And all good things I loved and was awesome, and I waited for it, and it uh, fulfilled all of my expectations. And uh, I just think that that's, you know... If Jesse Custer is the um, 
ultimately, you know, from uh, the the air, the line of Custer's Last Stand. If we remember, like, the third to last episode of Next Generation, uh, Picard also did a massacre of uh, Native Americans. You know, some Picard back in his, uh, you know, in his DNA. So uh, it beats Creature. So all good things. A vote for all good things. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Mr. Formby. Which one is going into the finals? Ah, uh, for real? For real. This is tied. Oh, no. Okay. Um, okay, this is, this is the truth of what's going on in my head right now. Um, Tasha Yar, blonde, short hair. Tulip, blonde, short hair. All of this is very much informing... Um, my taste in women. Um, so now I'm turning to which one did I enjoy more? There wasn't a lot of Tasha, but there was a lot of Tulip. In fact, we saw a lot of Tulip. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, go with Preacher because even though no one's gotten really specific, except for the, the call out for that last bit with the Saint of Killers, I have been spending my time here with Preacher Remembering our face, um, remembering the word of God, remembering the angel and the demon got together. And it is probably more advantageous that Garth Ennis was able to control that whole story. And maybe that's a tribute to the form um, because the TV show Next Gen, obviously, you got a whole lot of people who have a hand in how that's going to end up. A whole lot of people dictating what that should be week to week. And Garth Ennis basically was the, the single voice on what Preacher would ultimately get to be. And he controlled every last aspect of it. I'm going to go ahead and vote it forward now. Um, and I love you, Tulip. Till the end of the world. Uh, Preacher is into the finals. Uh, we've got the sun turning into the red giant versus the end of Preacher. Pete, that one is yours. Ooh, well, let's see. If the Earth heats up too much, I think, as I recall, the uh, the flash point of paper is 451 degrees. Um, so all copies of Preacher would be vaporized. So I got to go with Sal. A vote for the sun turning into a red giant. Uh, God damn it. When we put these goddamn cosmic things on here, they almost always win because we're really weird geeks. Um, but I do like... You know what? Physical fight. Actual physical fight. Jesse Custard has the word of God. Blasphemous and all hell as it is, he could tell the sun to not turn into a red giant. And it would have to do it. Because it's the word of God. Unless the sun doesn't believe in God, but it can't not believe in God because it has no belief system. So Jesse Custer takes the win. Preacher gets the win from me. Yussi. Well, Preacher did have Tulip, but didn't also have his grandmother in her underwear, which is still haunting me 15 years later. And that was that wasn't from reading Preacher. That was just from reading promos in uh, DC's direct current. So I'm going to go with Saul or Soul. A vote for the sun turning into a red giant. Mr. Formby. 
Oh, I, I'm sharing your lamentation that something so epic and huge like this cosmic event is now here in the finals because it is such a titan. <laughs> it's like, man, now here it is. And yeah, I, I, I do dig it. I do dig it. Um, but I don't know if I want it to be like the best ending. I just don't know if I, I that sits well with me. Um, Preacher, the end of that does sit well with me. So I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, the Preacher because it was a uh, ending that was constructed artificially. Um, it's not a truism that uh, we've all discovered through science. Um, it's something that you can go right now and witness. If you wanted to pick up Preacher and read the whole thing, go, hey, I wonder if that ending is as good as those geek fighters are saying. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go with Preacher because it's not an absolute. But yet it is. A vote for Preacher. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Mike. Which one takes the win? You know, it was interesting what Pete said earlier that uh, that Preacher um, or that the paper would, would burn. But, uh, you know, Preacher is a lot more than just paper. It's the story that goes on that paper. And I can have Pete you know, preacher on my iPad, I can have preacher on a computer and it is entirely possible that in the future when they, I think it at least two, four billion years from now, uh, maybe the human race won't wipe itself out. Maybe we will just in fact, uh, evolve to the point where we leave this planet. And if we do that, we will take our memories, our culture, our art with us. And that means preacher could actually go out into space and survive the end of this solar system. And that's a hell of a happy ending. Um, so I am going to uh, vote for Preacher. A vote for Preacher. And the end of Preacher is the best end of all time this week, except for we're wrong. We're always wrong. <laughs> uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, check out our friends, DVDGeeks.tv, Subspace Communicate, and their awesome podcast, Life After Trek. Uh, also check out their other sites, uh, Bye Bye Robot, and the Rockford Files. Files. I'm serious. I love the shit that he just bought the domain and made a website while he was drunk. Um, also check out the Solus Minions of Orthodoxy. We do commentaries with them from time to time, but they do commentaries all the time, and they're pretty awesome. Uh, special thanks goes to Karen for being our web presence. Check out what she's doing with Chris Mitchell on the Geek Fights Tumblr, and Chris Mitchell created the Geek Fights Wikia. Uh, you can go and add entries to our Geek Fight page. You could add yourself in, and then one day I might look at it and go, hey, I don't know who that is, and then I'll contact you and say, hey, you want to be on the show? Because that's all it takes. But, uh, and of course, I have to thank Jared, not only for stepping into this episode, for the pimped out intros he creates. You can read his blog, Hey Star Trek, at www.heystartrek.net. I'd also like to thank our guests for joining us. Does anybody have anything they'd like to plug? Uh, I'll start with you there, uh, Yossi, uh, seeing as it's uh, 1230 Israeli time. Absolutely. Well, 1229. Um... I guess Twitter, Rabbi Joe in JM. That's a abbreviation for Jerusalem. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there, and uh, I'd love to get some new followers. That's about it. That's all from, from Rabbi Joe. What? But I was calling you something completely different. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Pete Lucas. <laughs> 
well, as always, check me out on eBay at Dion's Playground, all one word, D-I-O-N-S, Playground. And also, uh, if you're in the hankering for some fast food, I would like to recommend Del Taco. And if you have a sweet tooth, Red Vines. Okay there, West Coast, not Pete, because that's really a West Coast thing. Uh, Mr. Formby, what would you like to speak of? Mr. Formby? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm sorry. It took me a second to, to call up my, uh, my mute button, you know, which will happen sometimes. Um, what I'd like to endorse is, of course, uh, the Hey Star Trek blog. If you could run over there, and uh, it's www.heystartrek.net. Um, there are some specific issues I would like to call to your attention that are there. There you will find my response to the end of Lost. You'll find my responses to the end of Battlestar Galactica and Caprica. Um, I feel like these need to be looked at. Go ahead and take a look at that one about the first season of Next Generation. If any of what I said interests you. And uh, I'm going to leave you with those specific entries for Hey Star Trek. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Ortiz. Uh, you can find me on the Week in Geek video show on YouTube, where we preview the new comics every week. And you can check us out at geekfights.net, where we have lists of show ideas. The brackets we mentioned earlier are past episodes, links to our wiki, our Facebook page, and our Tumblr. And uh, back to that wiki, if you go on there and put out, like, episode 116, Best Fart, we'll give it a shot. But don't do Best Fart, please. <laughs> Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and the Zoom Network, or like us on Facebook. If you'd like to be on the panel, just contact us at geekfights at gmail.com, or, at, or we are Geekfights on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, that's all it takes to join the Legion of Geeks! Uh, let's see, our upcoming fights, we're recording Best of Batman in like three days. After that, we're going to record our actual two-year episode which is best Star Trek movie. Uh, we're, we're unveiling the, uh, the Elite. What are we calling them? I think the Geek Fight Elite. Geek or Fight Elite. Masters. Ma- masters. Uh, the, the panel is made up of people who have been on 10 episodes or more. Uh, any and all ideas are welcome. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Keep fighting the Geek Fight. Good night. Billy Ray was a preacher's son And when his daddy would visit he'd come along When they gather around and started talking That's when Billy would take me walking Out through the backyard we go walking Then he'd look into my eyes Lord knows to my surprise The only one who could ever reach me Was the son of a preacher man The only boy who could ever teach me Was the son of a preacher man See what? He was, he was. Yeah, so I guess we can start an episode. This will be the second to last time I read this intro. Are we getting a new intro? Uh, yeah, there's going to be a new intro. This is the second to last time I get a little choked up when I erase the entire intro. So, here we go. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I gotta get myself under control. Try not to cry. Well. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
Welcome to. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Pete? Hello. Um, do you have another microphone? That's just what I'm trying to see if uh, I have one. I don't know if it's going to work or not. Okay, let's let's try that. Maybe an extra pair of headphones just laying around that you could just plug into the mic port and talk into. Uh. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> so we found the blooper for the episode, and we haven't even started yet. 